Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. everyone and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us at seven o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Glad you're listening on the radio or listening on the app or just watching us on the old YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com and type in 101 ESPN STL and you will be able to see the opening drive and all of our shows today. Brooke, how was your uh, how was your weekend? My weekend was great. Saw the Barbie movie, eh? I did. I Good. did. I don't want to spoil it Thumbs for everybody. Up, Yes, big two big two thumbs, big thumbs up. up. Okay. Yes, right, it was fantastic. I love the movie. Good, like that CD. I just relaxed. It was a great day for sleeping. A lot of those lately in St. Louis. Thumbs up. There we that. go. Big yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to doze off and and stay asleep. Heck, just, if you're watching the Cardinal game. Oh well, yeah, you might want to. You don't have to. You don't have to watch that sometimes. <laughs> hey, you can doze off. It's you a, you it, really it's can. a good thing. Like yesterday when they didn't score any runs. Oh yeah, it happens. Yeah, finished a three and seven homestand with a one nil loss to the Colorado Rockies. And by the way, the there Colorado- was some sunshine lollipops though. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, he, heck yeah, because we got a we got a dude. You know, everybody talks you about oh, you got to have a dude. Well, for the 2024 season, Cardinals apparently have their dude, and his name is Zach Thompson. He went four innings. Oh, by the way, he had been sent out to stretch out as a starter after being the Cardinals' best lefty reliever early in the season, and then he stretched out to be a starter, and they brought him back as reliever. Kind of a weird thing. And yeah. then they said, well, we really aren't going to tell him what he's going to do next year until after the season. We're just kind of... That's <laughs> the best way to go about yeah. life. Yeah, I think... Uh, go to work to, and not know what your role yeah, is. Yeah, to, to paraphrase, <laughs> we're, we're going to jerk him around for a while. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll tell him it's spring uh, training next year. He'll figure it out. He's a smart guy. He did go four innings yesterday. He allowed one run on two hits, walked one, and struck out eight. Great day for baseball. And you can take a look at Zach Thompson right here. Getting his... First start of the year. Joe Ryan McMahon, he's had an impressive run of late. He's hit a homer in this series. There's the big bender. That's what makes Thompson so good, but it starts with fastball command, Jim. And yeah. two up, two down. It definitely starts with fastball command, and he's got look out for that. Look at that breaking ball. Let's see what Kisner calls for here. He sets up away. Good target. Strike three. It was away, but a fastball. Great job by Kis right here. Just looking for a fastball away. Also, too, he's fouled off the fastball. He's totally a number one pick out of UCLA. A much better left-handed rather than right. And he takes strike three. Four punch outs. Well, what's your choice with a two-strike count here? Breaking ball. Wrong. Fastball. He struck out the side. Here in 2023. But if Zach keeps doing that, man, oh, man, he's staking a claim today with his sixth strikeout. He's gotten Jones a good hitter twice. 
You wound up with eight, Chip and Jim, with the call yesterday on Bally Sports. And Zach Thompson talked about his effort. Yeah, just, uh, you know, went out and had fun with kids. Um, just stuck to my plan, attacked the zone, and, and good things happened for the most part. Now, interestingly, his plan may not have necessarily come from the Cardinals. What's he doing? I would argue my slider might be my best command pitch. Um, you know, Clayton Kershaw has, has left a pretty good blueprint for a fastball curveball slider lefty. So just trying to follow his lead a little bit. I think that's a really good idea. Follow Clayton Kershaw's lead. <laughs> One of the best pitchers to play the game. Ever. It, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be great, you follow greatness. You pay attention to what the people before you that are great, what they did. And generally, that'll that'll help you in your path to greatness. I agree. I think, I think that that's a good game plan moving forward for him. It yeah. is. Now the Cardinals, with this loss, they're two games behind the Pirates. They're in last place in the National League Central. It really doesn't look like they're going to be much better than fourth place in the division. However, this is a good thing. Colorado only has 44 wins. They have four, five fewer wins than the Cardinals, even though they took two of three over the weekend. So the Cardinals probably will not finish with the worst record in the league, which is something they haven't done since like 1909, I believe. Is that the, is that the, that's a low bar. Randy. Yeah, yeah. That's the lowest of bars that I've I can yeah. ever recall. We aren't the worst. Damn, that, that that does that make <laughs> us feel better? <laughs> oh, just a tad a bit. We are fifteen games bit. under five hundred. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. is anybody looking at that CD? Uh, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, we're it's, trying to forget about that. It's, it's been a while since the Cardinals finished fifteen games under five hundred. That's. Not great. <laughs> no. How many times no. have I actually looked at the baseball standings this year? I'm looking at them right now. It's 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 been it's shockingly low. We're dead last. Like if I didn't vision. need the number at the moment because of something for this job, I, I don't. I haven't really like peaked at the central standings this entire season because I'm like, there's no point. They've been out of it since the get go and they've never got into it. Well, you got a race though atop the NL Central because Milwaukee is a game and a half ahead of the Cubs and the struggling Reds. We'll call them the struggling Reds. Falling off. Uh, But the Pirates are not going to win the world championship. Come on. So the Cardinals lose. They have a day off today. They're not going to score any runs today either. Uh, (laughs) Good for them. That's that's, that's a good thing. But then they get to go to Tampa. And maybe they can, you know, Zach Thompson talked about a blueprint that he has. Maybe they can look at a blueprint. Get to see our old buddy Randy Rosarena for the next three days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's That's, not going to feel good. That's exciting, right? And then two days in Kansas City. Oh, that well, should I don't be think there's anything to learn there. Well, they're 36 and 77. You learn about yourself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Looking internally. Yeah. Look internally. Look internally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Mason Wynn was removed from Springfield's game yesterday for a precautionary reason to avoid further injury. Don't know what the first injury was, but uh, that is the, the story. Mason Wynn taken out of the game. Hopefully he'll get healthy and wind up here in yeah. St. Louis. What do you need? Another week? That we said August 15th? Yeah. Get yeah. that. I think the injury might have been a back. How about, when did that happen? About a week back. Oh, my gosh. Governor <laughs> 6. Yep. No. There we go. No, and it was a glute strain. Right. That's on the back side. Glute back strain. Back-ish. I'm trying to get away from the back stuff. <laughs> oh. It's so a glute all connected. strain. Glute. It's all I, have, connected. I don't want it to be connected. connected. I don't yeah. want it to yeah. be connected. So basically, he's got a pulled butt. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Uh, Lionel Messi continued his magic last night in Frisco, Texas. He scored the first and last goals for Inter-Miami in a 4-4 draw against FC Dallas. He then converted his spot on the shootout as Inter-Miami went on to advance in the League's Cup, and he is 
Amazing. I, I was telling Matthew earlier, he's kind of like the six-year-old that's the way far the best player in, in the six-year-old soccer. It's ridiculous yeah, yeah. watching him against the other kids. Yeah, like, exactly. what is this? He's really good. Where'd you guys get this ringer from? He is yeah. leading the team. He is tied for the team leading goals in four games. And they sure, the other, yeah, sure the guy that's tied with him is 27 games. Yeah. It's crazy. It's fun, though. So good for Lionel Messi. Is it Lionel? Lionel? Little train. Lionel, just, little train, Messi. It's, it's, it's just, just messy. Lionel yeah. would be the, uh, I guess, Argentinian way to pronounce it. Lionel okay. would be the American way. And uh, sad news from Australia or New Zealand, the USA women's <laughs> soccer team uh, did not win the Women's World Cup, which is kind of kind of sad because we kind of expected that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It is. But... The game yeah. was in Melbourne. Melbourne, Melbourne Australia. Melbourne. I thought you were there we go. Was, I will remember. Oh, we can do that. I will remember <laughs> you. There we go. The uh, USA women's soccer team, will which had medaled in every single women's World Cup in history, is not going to medal this year, <laughs> having fallen to Sweden in penalty kicks after a nil-nil battle. They were apparently psyched out by the Swedish goaler. And they'll try again in four years with apparently a new coach. Really, they lost by a millimeter. It happens. They lost. Does it really? <laughs> How often does that really here's, happen? Here's the thing. Even even did, even they, Dyson they, was short by like five or like th- five or six inches. Did they do the penalty kicks? Did yes. They, did they? Okay, they did the penalty kicks in the sport's biggest venue platform, right? Yes. They did. They did penalty kicks. It's kind of like the NHL doing shootouts for the third round of the playoffs. Well, or the NFL doing field goal kicks for the AFC and NFC championship games. Or <laughs> and the NBA field doing goal? a free throw shooting competition <laughs> for Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an NHL hockey team is four lines deep. And an, an NFL football team has, you know, 40, how many, 50, what, 50 active players, 48 active players. And 53, 55 maybe. Is it not a war? I can't remember how many active for actual game day. Shouldn't it be a war of attrition? Yeah, 48. Um, Did they not you watch? You can't sub people out after 46. a certain point. You have like you have unlimited, you had a limited sub, so you can't just play for like 190 minutes. These Why? guys are because they're running like five miles. Make it they're ten. They're gonna run. T- make <laughs> it. <laughs> can't you? They're can't gonna run a half marathon. Uh, I see a lot of people with 13.1 stickers That's on their so cars. Many stickers, oh. Randy. Oh. Huh? Oh. Yeah. The entire team just sticker their entire car half the time. <laughs> no, 13.1. Exactly. And maybe 26.2. I see it all the time. You just you can't do it to them. It would it would, it would murder. That them. is a lot of running. It would murder them. I see Kenyans running in the Olympics and winning the marathon every, every, <laughs> not, all not, the time. They need to be playing their soccer. feet. <laughs> <laughs> Come be. on, just play play till the play by the rules until the end. You don't like till the, the time runs out, but then you get extra time. You don't then, like yeah. the moment yeah. that that like that that I mean it's, oh, the, it's you heart racing. Kicks? Yeah, that you get in penalty kicks. That it's that, that moment oh, when sure. you don't know yeah. if they're going to, you know, they're going to blast it over like so, Rapino or some crazy moment so, with the VAR is going to happen so with the you, millimeter yeah. goal to so win you, it all. So Not you would all. have rather seen shootouts than Pat Maroon beating Dallas in double overtime. I'd rather have yes. seen shootouts yesterday oh, 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 morning yes. oh. than watching the entire United States women's national team and the Swedish team walking as they try to score a goal in the 175th minute. Mm. Nothing wrong with walking. <laughs> Doesn't at that point, they probably spectacle. would be walking. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, there was a, a lot, lot of kerfuffle, a kerfuffle about their performance, oh right? God, yeah. yeah, a lot of drama. Just because they that. lost. 
You'll be well, able to hear Taylor Twelman on with yeah. McKernan tomorrow. Not too happy about it, I'm sure, because he yeah. was he was banty all over Twitter. What are we yesterday. doing here? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Also, yeah. Julie Ertz possibly retiring. retiring. I well, think she called it quits, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insinuating that uh-huh. this will probably be her last time playing. I, I don't know. That sucks. Uh, that's like a that's a big part of that era. Alex yeah. Morgan hasn't indicated if she's going to retire yet. I doubt yeah. that she would. And Rapino will not be back. No, I don't so, think so. It's, but what Some are people you know, say that, and then they still come back. Well, that's true. Know. Michael Phelps did that, right? Yeah. But what a great legacy those women leave mm-hmm. for young women in sports, but just for American sports in general. They, yes. That program has been so dominant, and they've done such a great job. So congratulations to them on the run they had. I'm not going to denigrate them for a nil-nil tie where they should have played by the rules until the end because they would have won. Um <laughs> Would have, Sweden? You think Sweden can run with us? Come on. <laughs> Give me a break. So anyway, that's uh, that's what we got. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Next up, three things we loved about the weekend. Well, it's actually six things total, but it's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. <laughs> For three things we loved about the weekend here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Let's get started with Brooke Grimsley. All right. My number two thing from this weekend, guys, is going to be Stephen Matz. Stephen Matz, I'm looking for Sunshine and Lollipops. We're talking about what are they playing for right now? I don't know. Just something. Sunshine, lollipops, and there we go. Everything. There you go. I would, I would, I'm looking for a rainbow right now. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's Stephen Matz. The sunshine can be Stephen Matz. Uh, you're just looking for anything that gives you just a teensy bit of hope for next season, right? And it was just another encouraging start for him. The Cardinals have gone five and one in the six games that Matz has started since he's rejoined the starting rotation since July 9th. He's allowed only one run over his last three starts, covering 18 innings. It's just encouraging right now for Stephen Matz. You, you want to root for the guys, of course, to do well, do better, especially when we're trying to figure out what the starting rotation will look like. I think that it's encouraging that he can continue to build off of that hot July. Very nice. My uh, number two is going to be Zach Thompson in his start yesterday. Eight strikeouts, four innings pitched. Uh, we were talking about it off air. You know, maybe the Cardinals were sending him down because he wasn't doing their philosophy. They needed him to be more of a pitch-to-contact pitcher, and he was just striking guys out, and they were so frustrated with that that they said, you know what, we're not going to let you play until you actually do what we want you to do. Mm-hmm. And he just said, you know what, there's a guy out in L.A. that's been doing it a long time and doing it really well. I'm going to follow his lead. I'm going to strike guys out. And then the Cardinals said, you know what? I guess we do need guys that have swing and miss stuff. So we're going to put you in the lineup. We're going to put you in the starting rotation, give you an opportunity. And he went out and he did a fantastic job yesterday. Eight strikeouts, five in the first two innings. You only need six in the first Mm -hmm. two innings, correct? So he got five of those guys to swing and miss. And so for me... Looking forward, I think that's something to give you a little bit of excitement mm-hmm. as you look for 2024. Guys, if I, he can continue. If he can continue, right. I, I always appreciate the memorable Hall of Fame speech, and I thought DeMarcus Ware was brilliant on mm-hmm. Saturday. Former Cowboy and Bronco telling his whole story, and what an incredible story it is for him to get to where he got to the Hall of Fame, but playing the way he did in the NFL and escaping the the 
traps that were set for him as a child and to make his way through high school and make his way through Troy and make his way to the NFL and be as successful as he is. What a, a touching story. And if you get the opportunity to check out DeMarcus Ware's speech, check it out because it really is touching. And it's it's one of the things, as much distaste as we have for the National Football League's business side, mm-hmm. man, there are some great stories of mm-hmm. guys that do great things and and really pull, pull themselves up by their bootstraps. And DeMarcus Ware is one of those guys. Yeah, that's great. Number one. Number one for me, guys. And Randy, you teased this a little bit earlier. The Barbie movie. The Barbie movie was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. I couldn't wait to see it. And I finally got to see it this weekend. David came along with me. And so did he, he enjoy it. He enjoyed it. Oh, he thought it was did. hilarious. He thought it was great. <laughs> I think that there's there's been so much. Oh, there's been so much going on outside of in media people talking about if this is you know too much of a feminist movie i thought it was hilarious it's it it didn't take itself too seriously margot robbie was fantastic as stereotypical barbie as she called herself and ryan gosling (laughs) as ken was fantastic too i just thought it was a great movie it was a great way to break things down and i i enjoyed it i thought it was hilarious it was fun I enjoyed every bit of it. I want to see it. And uh, Carrie and I both think that you could have just stopped after Margot Margo Robbie was you fantastic. You could have stopped we, we, yeah. right there. We agree. <laughs> we agree. Can't wait to see it, though. It's, <laughs> and you know what? It's I, I, It drives me crazy. And, Brooke, you were talking about this before, uh, about the movie, uh, before we came on the air. People that make a judgment about a movie before they've seen it or know what it's like. And, yeah. you know, just go out and check it out. Just just go see it. It's Barbie, for God's sake. That's sakes. what I said. And I, you, everybody gets kind of like their little terms because there's different Barbies and Kins. Mm. Yeah. And so I called myself Sportscaster Barbie. Okay. And David <laughs> likes to go skiing, so I called him Aspen Ken. So, Carrie, you are Super Bowl champ Ken. Okay. And Randy, you are like Mega Mind Trivia Ken. Okay. And then, Rocky, what are you? What, do you? what would you like to be? History kid. History nut kid. There we go. He loves his history. What about about hair Ken? Hair Ken. You cut your hair off, though. You got a haircut. It still looks fantastic. It does, but it was so much more before. You got to change things up. It was a little hot. I understand. Now we get some cold weather, so. No, I'm not going this short again. I I saw a picture of myself from like two weeks ago. I immediately regretted it. (laughs) (laughs) My number two. So you all know I love boxing. And and last week I got to watch Bud Crawford and Earl Spence. Bud knocked him out in the the ninth round. And so I got to watch a fight this weekend where a guy knocked a guy out in the sixth round. I mean, the sixth inning. (laughs) (laughs) Ramirez and Tim Anderson (laughs) throwing hands at second base in Cleveland. Uh, Tim Anderson, rule number one to Fight Club. Uh, don't talk about Fight Club. Rule number two, keep <laughs> your hands up, man. You got punched in the face and got knocked out. It's not okay. It's not okay when you were the aggressor in the fight. When you are yeah. the one that threw your glove down, put your hands up. I thought it was up, hockey for and a second. To, <laughs> and you got knocked out, yeah. man. You didn't even play on Sunday because you were probably still a little woozy and concussed. It was. Uh, it is ridiculous. Yeah, no, it was funny just seeing on my timeline Tim Anderson getting folded like a chair, uh, like right over there. and it's over. Right there. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. Oh, it's right there. <laughs> and, there we go. Tom Hamilton, the broadcaster for the Guardians, was brilliant. Oscar's throw is not in time. 
He just missed him at second base. This is another rocket of a throw, and now... Oh, boy. Now oh, my goodness. Up. Here come the benches. Off we go. It started with Anderson and Ramirez. Swings being taken. Kopech had to hold him back, and everybody's spilling out here in Cleveland. Well, now they come running out of the bullpen, which is a bit late, but they're adding some support to the effort. And that was one of the few that you actually saw coming to blows. You don't see that too often. So that's Steve Stone and um, Jason Benetti on the White Sox side, but the, the Indian side was even better, and we, we'll, we'll get that as... Uh, Tim as Anderson a, has had a really rough year. He hit his first yeah, home run a yeah. couple of weeks ago. He's had some... Off the field. I was going to say the off the field issues. Oh, yeah. He's had a rough <laughs> season, man. Like 2023, he probably just wishes to delete yeah. that from his memory. Isn't that kind of self induced stuff that Tim Anderson, hey! he's the one that kind of started the fight, the off the field hey! issues or things he started, self induced hey! problems. He's hey! got some. He, I wonder if there are certain people watching that and like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. He, I guess he posted he posted something and then deleted it. Said he got off me. This is Tim Anderson. Uh, he got off me. We ain't tripping about that. This expletive bigger will catch up with with him later. Hmm. Hmm. And he deleted that. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. So uh, I guess maybe there'll be a round two. Oh, he, that'd he should, be great. He should, no. Yeah. He should just shake his hand and say the better man won and walk away. <laughs> and just pretend it didn't happen. If you haven't heard it, here's the Cleveland call. Here it comes. A swing and a smash to first by the diving Vaughn. Down the right field line. Kicks into the corner. Ramirez on his way to second. Head first slide. Safe and in to score is Jimenez. And another hustle double. Right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. I love that call. <laughs> it's Howard Cosell. Down goes Frazier. <laughs> Epic. That was fantastic. So, uh, And then afterwards, uh, Tito Francona says, it's not funny, but when you come in and then you hear Hammy's call, it's pretty funny. It was it was great. Uh, guys, my number one is one of Brooks' minor league guys, Luke and Baker. Holy oh, cow. Oh, yeah. Two more home runs yesterday. He has 31 homers this season. He's five away from the Memphis Redbirds all-time record 31 homers 89 runs batted in i hope he's not a 4a player and i think that's kind of what the cardinals expect him to be but i hope that he can turn this incredible power season at memphis into something that's productive at the major league level i don't know if he'll be able to do it here but congratulations to lucan on a great season at the minor league level and you know what if the cardinals hadn't called him up and not used him for a few weeks he might already have that record but he probably appreciated the major league money, right? Yeah, for for a little bit. Seven hundred and fifty grand prorated, not bad. Huh. So, yes, you take that over being in the minors and breaking yes. a record. Hell yes, legendary. Right, what is that going to give me in the long run? Not as much as 750 grand pro. There you go. <laughs> uh, that is three things we loved about the weekend here on 101 ESPN. Coming up. Has the unthinkable entered any of our minds? Yes. It's coming your way on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hackman Lumber. 
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. Guys, I was texting with a friend over the weekend, and... uh, we had the little discussion. Would we trade Jordan Walker for a number one starter this offseason? Jordan Walker, regarded as a top 10 prospect in baseball. We've seen the talent. He's had a great year. He's got a 738 OPS despite some recent struggles. Hitting 261, uh, 321 on base, 460. He's hit 10 home runs and driven in 29 this year. But you have a wealth of outfielders. And by the way, Mike Gersh, the Cardinals general manager, came on with BK and Ferrario last week and said that Victor Scott, he of all the stolen bases at the minor league level, uh, is going to be the Cardinals center fielder in a couple of years. For the short term, they're going to evaluate their outfield situation. But next year, if you want, you can have Tyler O'Neill, Carlson, Newt Barr, Edmund, and Alec Burleson. Here's the question. If one of the top young starters in baseball would come available, and let's, Spencer Strider's not going to become available. But ultimately, the Tampa Bay Rays wind up trading everybody, okay? And they have a young starter who started in an all star game in Shane McClanahan. And by the way, I'm, I would not trade Walker for a guy like Tyler Glass now. But Shane McClanahan last year makes 28 starts, uh, goes. Uh, has a 2.54 earned run average. He's in the All-Star game. This year, he's 11-2 with a 3.29, 21 starts. He's been durable, taking the ball, and uh, was an All-Star this year, too. 26 years old. If a guy like that would come on the market, would you consider the possibility of trading Jordan Walker? I like how you set that up to give all the possibilities <laughs> to make it. me yeah. think that maybe, okay, well, the player that he brings up, surely I would do that. Jordan Walker, I, I couldn't give up on Jordan Walker, right? That would be a trade that would haunt you forever. Yeah, so Tampa Bay would have a couple of those guys. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ghost here's, of Cardinals pass. Here's the other thing about McClanahan. 194 strikeouts last year, 121 this year in 115 innings. Well over a strikeout an inning. So he's what the Cardinals are looking for. And the the number of guys that I would consider, even consider for doing this, there might be three, maybe four. But... 
it's going to be a really limited number. What about you, CD? I, I'm going to say no as well. I mean, you are here his rookie year. You talked about Nolan Gorman last year in his rookie year and, and how it played out for him and what we're looking at in the second year of his career. The growth, the maturity that you, the leaps and bounds you make from one year to the next, especially when it's the beginning of your career, is is the most important time. It's like a baby when you're when you're young. That's when you can gain the most information. Your brain is like a sponge. Same thing for young players; they are learning so much in their first year. So this first year has been pretty good. I expect it to be much better next year. And so right now, you're looking at Jordan Walker. Let, let, let's look at what um, Nolan Gorman did last year. He had 89, played in 89 games, 313 at bats. 14 home runs, 226 batting average, and OPS of 721. Jordan Walker is going to probably eclipse that. He's going to play more games. Uh, Jordan is at um, 60. Where are we at? How many games has he played right now? He has played 72 games. So he's probably going to end up, he's going to eclipse that. He's going to end up with those, around those same um, numbers, maybe a little bit better than what uh, Nolan Gorman had last year as a, as a rookie. You project that into the next year. I mean, I think Jordan Walker is going to be a superstar here for this team. And so, no, Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker are two players that I do not want to trade. If you need a starting pitcher, which one are you more likely or more willing to trade if you had to choose one or two? One of the two. Between Gorman and Walker? Yeah. Walker. Okay, so right. you you would you would you would trade him now for well, that? Well, here's the thing: I, I have to get a Spencer Strider type talent, and even then, it's gonna I'm gonna really have to th- put some deep thought into it. I remember 20 years ago doing a, a I was doing the show at Patios, a nighttime show at the Big 550, and the Cardinals were playing the Cubs, and a Cub fan came up to me and said, "Hey," was drunk obviously because he's a Cub fan. Hey, <laughs> w- would you trade us pools for Pryor? And I said, absolutely not. No chance. He said, well, we wouldn't trade prior to for Pujols either. He was drunk cup in. Uh, and as it turns out, you, know, you don't, because of the fragility of the pitcher, you don't trade a position player for a young pitcher because the pitcher might become Alex Reyes or Jack Flaherty or... Mark Pryor or Kerry Wood or one of those guys. The, the pitcher's always going to break down, and the hitter generally is going to be at least reasonably durable. And continue to get better. Yeah. At least you would hope so. And that's what I was going to bring up with Shane McClanahan. Didn't he just go onto the, like, the 15-day 50, IL? Yeah, just sore back. Four... How, how, when did no, that it was happen? a forearm uh, uh, strain, oh. wasn't it? Oh, I thought it oh. <laughs> I shut that down. I shut that down real quick. Don't you try to. You keep trying to put these back injuries past me. You, you did it with Mason Wynn. It was a glute strain, which I know can be a part of the back. But still, I, they said glute strain. They didn't say back issues. And you're trying to get Shane McClanahan past me. It was a forearm tightness <laughs> issue. Okay, <laughs> Tommy John. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. That's not, that's, uh, that's deeply concerning. Great. <laughs> yeah, not great. Uh, he, by the way, uh, yes, he does have a fore- forearm injury, but he has had back injuries in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, back injuries are honestly <laughs> those are some of the worst injuries to oh, have yeah. when you oh, are an yeah. athlete. It, it, I mean, even if you're not an athlete, but when you're an athlete, there is so much you just bending down, trying to tie your shoes, walking, running. It's a difficult mm-hmm. task, and if you want somebody to swing a bat or you know, stride and overextend to throw a pitch and your back is sore, it's a yeah. tough task. By the way, Brooke, he was on the injured list with a back issue in July mm-hmm. and then just came back. So so about a month back. Yeah. <laughs> Not a week back. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot. We're getting a text here I think Kara would love in this response. Walker has played in 72 games, but he only plays seven innings. 
Mm. Yeah, that's not his fault. That that is the mm. uh, the the fault of yep. the upper management. He could be prepared as a, he could have been easily prepared as an outfielder for a couple of years. Who do you think has the greater upside? Which one in the long run will be the better player? Because I think it's Walker because oh, of yeah. his athleticism. Yeah, no doubt. He's so, going to be a good outfielder. Yeah. Yes. And he he's he's going to hit for a higher average. Well, Gorman, while a terrific power hitter, I don't think he's ever going to hit for a high a average. Yeah, he's, he's going to strike, strike out a lot. Yeah. And he's not uh, at second base. He's he's got a chance to be pretty average. Yes. (laughs) But is he ever going to be great there? Is he going to be Tommy Edmund? No. If he was playing third, I think it might be a different story. But he he is going to, in terms of his defense. But offensively, he's always, I think, going to have that limitation. I don't think he's ever going to hit 300. I think Walker could hit 300. I would, I, I just want to see him as a DH. The, the, but then that means Wilson Contreras is pretty much catching every day. Did you your take it or leave it yet? Are we in take it or leave it? No. no oh, we're no, not, not take it or leave it. Why did I think it was take it or leave it right now? I'm sorry. That was me. I thought we were we were just discussing no, take just, it or leave it stuff. I, I did give Randy a take it or leave it. I gave him Oh, Randy. that's why I got thrown. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I, I, I was think, like, yeah. yeah. I was we, like, wait a minute. We did all leave the idea of trading Jordan. Yes. Yes. Unless, yes. unless, unless it's Spencer Strider. See, and I would. And that I ain't would, happening. I would look more. I would probably trade Gorman before I traded Walker. Really? Yeah, yeah, I think I would yeah. too. I, I just because I think the upside is is for Jordan Walker is the athleticism, the ability to to as you said hit for power, hit for average. I think is all there, and so yeah. and and better defensively. And maybe the Cardinals they could take advantage of a less than stellar front office mm-hmm. and buy low on a guy like Cease rather than buy high on a guy like a two two time All Star like McClanahan or try to get a Framber Valdez who you aren't going to get. Maybe the thing to do is to try to buy low and take advantage of. Uh, a less we, than stellar front office. We found our ace yesterday, Randy. We did. Oh, yes. you're you're already all in on Zach Thompson right now. One start. ZT. One start. Sign him all, up. All in on Zach so, Thompson. Eight strikeouts? Hell yeah. <laughs> so we've you're got, saying swing or miss is important? Where has that been all year? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we've got him then. We've got, obviously, Stephen Matz, who's a stud. We've got mm-hmm. Michaelis, who's a stud. Mm-hmm. You gotta go spend some money in, in in free agency. I don't know. Or make a trade. I don't think you're going to be able to trade anything other than Nolan Gorman or I don't think Jordan they, Walker. I don't think they need to make a trade now. I don't think Tyler O'Neill or Brendan Donovan is going to get you Dylan Cease. No offense. No, they guys. aren't. No, you're right. Uh, so there we have it. Uh, by the way, what are the textures saying, Matthew? Or is everybody pretty much against trading Walker? There's a couple people who are okay with it, but yeah, I mean, stop, just stop. You don't trade an everyday player, especially a talent like Walker, for a pitcher. For one thing, the risk of injury is too great. Let me go over to the YouTube chat, and I put up the poll right as we started the segment. If it meant a no doubt or number one starting pitcher, would you consider trading Jordan Walker? The options were yes, no, and are you out of your mind? Uh-huh. And right now, no is leading with sixty percent of the vote. Are you out of your mind? Also has fifteen percent. Of the vote. Okay, so and yes, a stark three three fourths against right now. There we go. Uh, by the way, I was hoping that Gordon Graceffo could be an ace. His last outing, no, not not. It ace, was not yet. great. Not ace material. No. Uh, and Robertson didn't have a great appearance. Uh, Robertson. It's Robertson or Robertson. They say He gave up eight eight runs, didn't he? It was not a great weekend for him. <laughs> it was. It just was not. No. We'll get him going. Though. We'll get him going at some point. Coming up next, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. We have Take It or Leave It Next on 101 ESPN.
back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Kerry, Randy, and Matthew, get your text in now to the Air Comfort Service text line. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Guys, another win for YouTuber Jake Paul this weekend. He's unbelievable, isn't he? So he started his boxing career just kind of as a lark, and now he just keeps winning. He beat 38-year-old Nate Diaz, who's been fighting since 2004 over the weekend. And it was a unanimous decision. He's won by knockout, Paul has, and he's beaten pretty much everybody that stood in his way. Take it or leave it, Jake Paul is making boxing look bad. Leave it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to let you go first, Carrie. Go ahead. How many boxers has he fought? Like real boxers. Uh, Tyrone Woodley is is an MMA. MMA. Nate Diaz is an MMA. Those guys, and, and... the difference is they, they're not using their feet. They're not able to choke you out. They're not able to do some of the things that they're allowed to do in their actual sport. Give me Jake Paul in there with Canelo Alvarez, and let's see if he's still one of the best <laughs> boxers in the world. He's going to get put to sleep because those guys use their fists for a living, and that's their profession. So I, I, I leave it. Even a guy, a guy that is small. I think Jake Paul is about one sixty. Once I think he's in that middleweight range, one sixty, one sixty-five, maybe topping out at one seventy. Mm-hmm. Even a guy like uh, uh, Bud Crawford, who we just saw beat down Earl Spence. Now there's a vast weight difference, but a real boxer is not gonna. It's not gonna happen in the way that uh, Jake Paul is enjoying it right now. So your question was that. If this is good for boxing, he's making boxing look bad oh, by he's making beating. It, oh, he's like making he, it look bad. Yeah. Then, yeah, I'm going to have to go with CD's point on that too. It it just doesn't make any sense what what he's doing. It's not real boxing, and I get that. And and I'll give it to him. He looks like he's in good shape, and I get that he trains and all that. But like what CD was saying, go out and box a real boxer. I mean, he's fought. Nate Robinson, who was a basketball player and won a 5-8. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> oh, It just doesn't make any sense. He's still 7-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Randy, I won a lot of fights, too. I didn't fight many <laughs> boxers. That's, <laughs> but he... Uh, it seems like anybody could walk in and start boxing. He just... You wouldn't think a YouTuber would be the guy that would walk in and start beating people. He is... He is in, in what he does, I think he's very good. But again, he's fighting MMA fighters who kick people in the face for a living, and they're not able to kick him in the face. So it, it really... It's different. You're taking away two-thirds of their game if they're not able to wrestle, able to kick, able to put you in chokeholds. You're taking away two-thirds of the things that they normal do, normally do, and you're forcing them to only box, which probably isn't their strongest uh, tool in their belt because if they could, they would have just been boxers. They are MMA fighters, and so I don't, I don't give a lot of credit to what Jake Paul is doing. Uh, my take it or leave it. So we saw Zach Thompson perform this weekend, and he did a fantastic job striking out eight. I was trying to find out how, what's the highest strikeout total for a pitcher. Rock, if you could find that out for us, I'd greatly appreciate it. For the Cardinals, for the Cardinals this year. 
in, in one Do picture. Do Michaelis have 10? I think yes. Montgomery yes. might have had 10 as well. But either way, take it or leave it. It is If this is the version of Zach Thompson that we are going to see going forward, it has been negligent by the Cardinals to not have him starting any games. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take it too. It, it's been very frustrating what they've done with Zach Thompson this season, and he's just one of the many stories, right? Where one thing is said and then it's changed. And I have to give it to him. His attitude through this whole process, and he even has said recently in interviews that he's fine with whatever role that they need from him. But even your preparation going to the season, he went yeah. into the season thinking that he was going to be a reliever. They let him be that early on, coming out of the pen, and then all of a sudden they stretch you out to be a starter, and he struggled in the minors and it's almost like you have to kind of throw those stats away in the minors because it was not a fair situation to put him in and I'm impressed with his ability to continue to push through I think that says a lot about his ability guys say I'm okay with whatever role you put me in because that's the politically correct thing to say Mm -hmm. but deep down inside they are saying a lot of words that you can't say on radio to those people in the front office oh I'm sure I wonder if Jordan Walker Going down there and saying, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do, I'm going to be me. I wonder if that empowered some of these other guys I hope. to do their thing. For example, rather than saying, yeah, Dusty Blake came up with a great plan for me, saying, you know what? I'm just going to copy what Clayton Kershaw does. Yeah. I, I wonder if some of those minor leaguers have been empowered to do what they do best rather than what the Cardinals think is best for them. Yeah. All right. Take it or leave it, guys. Adam Wainwright, and I, before that I say this, it's, I'm not advocating for this, but this is something that I've seen people say on the text line and on YouTube comments as well. Adam Wainwright will be moved to the bullpen. It was another rough outing for him, as we all saw in this past weekend. Uh, gave up nine hits, a season-high seven runs, and the loss the other day. Uh, he's lasted just three innings, failing to throw a quality start for his sixth straight appearance Take it or leave it, he will move to the bullpen for the rest of the season. I'm going to leave it because I'm trying to put together a starting rotation without him. I'm going to leave it as well. I've got Michaelis, Libertor, Mats, Thompson. Dakota, if you wanted to. Dakota. If you wanted to move him, you could. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you could. I'm going to leave it because I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to leave it as well. I think they're more inclined, probably more likely to go with a six-man rotation than Mm -hmm. to take him out of the rotation. I I don't think, with especially where they are, it's not like they're in a pennant race or anything. I just don't think that that's the expedient thing to do. Monty, Uh, 11, Jack, what does that say? You know, 11, that's one. One. One, uh, Eight-plus strikeout games for for the Cardinals. Monty had one, Jack had four. I was... (laughs) It's a one. Jack had four, Michaelis had one, and Matt's had one. So you're looking at seven, seven, eight-plus strikeout games uh, for the Cardinals starting pitching so far this year. Who's that? Good for him. What do we have on the text line there, Matthew? We're putting He's got to to write stuff. He's got to look stuff up. (laughs) He's a multitasker. Well, I had one, and then the Jake, uh, the Jake uh, Paul take it or leave it really got people going. Um, Take it or leave it. Luke and Baker has more trade value than Dylan Carlson. Oh, uh, I'm leave that. gonna leave that because one's been playing in the majors, and, and he was a top ten prospect in baseball. Yeah. Despite, and he's twenty four. He's younger than Baker, uh, so I, I would say that uh, Luke and Baker's always been considered. A, he hasn't been considered a, a top prospect. He's never been close to top one hundred. He's he's an. Obviously having a really good year, but he feels like a 4A player. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. If Nolan, Nolan Gorman will win either a silver slugger or a gold glove before Jordan Walker. Leave it. 
No, in fact, I Nolan will say Nolan Gorman will win a silver slugger yeah. before Jordan Walker or yeah. gold glove. I will say Nolan Walker will oh. never win a silver Nolan. slugger or a gold glove. Nolan Gorman, yeah, will Nolan never Gorman, win. No, he'll never be the best hitter at his position because he's a home what run is his hitter. Position is a DH. Is DH? He's not going to be the best DH. You'll I don't think he'll win. Second base and I, you, you, like you lost me with gold glove. <laughs> Yeah. Over, over Jordan Marmol Walker. Said, Mar- somebody pointed out, pointed out in the text like Marmol said, like Gorman's one of the best, is the best like uh, double play turner on the team. He's really improved on the second base. That's great when you got he was a negative second baseman last year. He is an he is an average second baseman this year. It's wonderful when you were able to shift and have people in the right place to turn those double plays. Yeah. Well, he was again with the shift last year. He was a negative. Now this year he's he's average. He's average. There's, impro- there's improvement. There's usually average guys don't win gold gloves. <laughs> but, but I'm saying he was he was a minus five. He was a minus five defensive run <laughs> save last year. He's a zero this year, which means he's not a negative player. That's improvement. We got to talk about that. I mean, we talk about improvement at defense. Walker is certainly part of the conversation. Take it or leave it. Win is on the take a breather and get to 100 percent before your call out to STL list. Take it. I'll I'm take it as well. Take it. Yeah. He would have sore glute. Yeah. I, I would. I would hope. That he is. It was a little bit concerning. Did you see the interview with Gersh this past weekend? Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I was just reading too much into it. But he said, maybe we'll see when later this year. And that could have been just a misspeak. But I would assume that he'd be coming here soon. Well, I would hope. Let him rest up and bring him up as part of, you, you can expand the roster by two on September 1st. Mm-hmm. And let him be one of those two. And let him play the last month here. That'd be fine. By the way, last year's... National League Silver Slugger Award winner was Jeff McNeil of the Mets, uh, 326, 382, 454. Uh, the year before that, Ozzie Albies, 259, 310, 488. Mm-hmm. Solano won the year before that. I, uh, Albies, Javi Baez in his best year hit 290 with a 326 on base, 554 slug. I just don't know. He'll if, never, he's not going to hit above 235. I don't think he is, no. I, I'm with you there. He he'll be around two twenty six. What he is right now two twenty two twenty six two thirty at top and out maybe, and thirty five home runs. Yeah, but a lot of strikeouts there. And and he'll fit well in the Cardinal lineup. But he's just not. Is he going to be the the overall best hitter at at second base ever? I I would doubt it. Take it or leave it. By 2025, there will only be three big conferences left in college sports. The Big 12, the Big 10, and the SEC, or whatever the heck those respective are named by them. ACC will still be here because their uh, grant of rights deal runs through 2036 and nobody can leave. They are are the one conference that hasn't lost anybody, if I'm not mistaken. Because it costs $30 million to get out. Nobody's... Eh, nobody's getting yeah. out of there. Florida State wants to get out, but uh, they aren't going to. They don't have the money. And I heard they had an opportunity like thirty years ago, and they were mm-hmm. like, "No, we're not going anywhere." Yeah. So, and looking at it now, you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, we should have done that. Um, yeah, well, I'll take that. It'll be four. The Pac-12 is essentially done. Are you bummed out by that because of the Rose Bowl? <sighs> I. I didn't even think about that, Randy, because that is a – I didn't get to play in the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. which did frustrate me. We played in the Sugar Bowl because the Rose Bowl was the national championship game that year. We should have been in the, in the Rose Bowl. That was Vince Bowl. Young, right? Uh, yes. Yep, I believe so. Uh, was that Vince Young? No. Vince Young against USC, right? That was the Rose was Bowl. That, it might have been. It might have been. 2001? No, he no, was 05. No, it was um, – it was Ohio. It was Miami. Uh, oh, you were in Miami. the NFL by then. Yeah, it was Miami and somebody. Okay. Um, Oklahoma. Yeah, probably. So that that part of it, I think, when you start moving people, moving teams from conference to conference, it does make it, it does change the historical 
feeling of of those matchups. It's just it's going to be a little different. I loved that tradition, and that was my favorite one, the granddaddy of them yeah, all. Yeah. And, and I loved having the Pac-10 against the Big Ten. It was yeah. it, those were the days back in my day. Yeah. But uh, now we're just going to have a giant playoff. Everybody playing. <laughs> yeah. Yay. So Good fun. Good. And yeah, we will have because the Big Ten apparently wants to go to twenty. And the SEC isn't going to be far behind, so it'll be interesting to see who lands where. Notre Dame will wind up in a conference somewhere. At some point, mm-hmm. they almost have to. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they just can stand yep. on their oh, own. My word, they're going to be in a conference? And come yep, to the Big Ten. Have, are they going to be okay with that? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, speaking of the changes in the college football landscape, Mizzou coach Eli Drinkwitz had a really interesting little diatribe about it over the weekend. We'll hear from that and reflect on it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Since last we spoke, the Pac-12 blew up as we knew it. The schools, well, Washington and Oregon, have switched from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten on the heels of that. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, those two schools, the first two, went to the Big Ten. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah went to the Big 12. And Mizzou coach Eli Drinkwitz was asked about those moves, which are financially based, over the course of this weekend. All right, I'm going to say it. I thought the transfer window, I thought the portal was closed. Uh, oh, that's just for the student athletes. The adults in the room get to do whatever they want, apparently. And it's, um, you know, it's just sad that there's, um, look, I, I, my question is, did we count the cost? I'm not talking about a financial cost. I'm talking about, did we count the cost for the student athletes involved in this decision? What cost is it to those student athletes? We're talking about a football decision they based off football, but what about softball and baseball who have to travel cross country? Do we ask about the cost to them? Do we know what the number one indicator of, uh, of symptom of, or cause of mental health is? It's lack of rest and sleep. Traveling in those baseball, softball games, you know, those, those people, they travel commercial. They get done playing at four. They got to go to the airport. They come back. It's three or four in the morning. They got to go to class. I mean, did we ask any of them? Are we going to look back? I, I don't worry at all about the game. The game is going to be strong. Football is going to be fine. We'll all figure it out. But did we consider the people that we are entrusted to? Did we consider the student athlete? Because then we're asking them to go out on their own to get NIL. We didn't say we're going to revenue share. We're not saying they're getting a piece of it. So that, that's the thing that's bothering me right now in this whole situation is we keep trying to limit what the student athlete can do, but then we act on our own. And uh, everybody's got their own reasons, um, uh, and, and I'm not questioning any of those. I'm saying as a collective group, have we asked ourselves, what's it going to cost the student athletes? I saw um, – on Twitter, several student athletes talking about one of the reasons they chose their school was so that their parents didn't have to travel. They chose a local school so that they could be regionally associated so their parents could watch them play and not have to travel. Did we ask them if they wanted to travel from the East Coast to the West Coast? Man, you know, I love the game, 
But every game that I coach, I look up in the stands and find my family. I make sure they can play. I make sure they can be there because that's what I'm doing this for. And, and you're talking about volleyball, baseball, softball, track. I mean, all, all those other sports, man, they don't get, they're not fortunate in, to travel like the way we do. Football will be fine. Football will be fine. Still, we count the cost of the collateral damage of everybody else. I don't know. I, only time will tell. But that is my biggest, like, looking at it going 24 hours after, say, did we really think about that? I don't think we did. That's Mizzou coach Eli Drinkwitz. Very well said. And it, it does come down to money for all of these schools. And the cost to the athletes is something that I'm sure wasn't considered at all. They, they were. It was a football decision. And I would guess, like Eli couched it, that the volleyball players and the baseball players and the softball players and the track athletes, they are essentially collateral damage in all of this. Yeah, it, it, hearing him talk, I, I thought about the movie uh, My Cousin Vinny. When when Vinny was up there giving his whole spiel and the, and the judge said, Mr. Gambini, your argument was clear, concise. It was thoughtful, overruled. It, it's just they, no one cares. <laughs> right, right, right. It's unfortunate because you are correct, Coach. You, 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 you hit the nail on the head. The thought process of moving all of these people around and, and the financial aspect, the financial burden on parents to go fly from certain places across the country to go watch their child play. That's the reason why they, some of them chose the, 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 the place where they went to school. It's unfortunate because I think a lot of times the, the, the big guys don't think about the little guys. Now they have started thinking about the players in the terms of allowing them to get NIL, allowing them to make money off of their name, image and likeness. But at the end of the day, they still aren't, really helping them in the way that they need to be helped because taxes got to be paid on that money. You got to know how to manage that money. And the colleges are generally or essentially pushed out of helping the, the, the players in that decision. So you got people from, from the outside coming in and you got to see if those people are trustworthy to help these young players. And so it's a lot of things that are tied in. I think the NCAA has done a better job of, of trying to help the players. But at the end of the day, when you look at the, the thing as a whole, it's still not done correctly. And with this latest round of realignment, too, some of these schools now in their own conferences are going to be like, what, like 3,000, close to 3,000 miles apart from each other. And a lot of people might think hearing Eli Drinkwitz talk like, "Okay, well, fine, you guys, you guys have, you know, your own plane that you're able to take your team on. You talk about the family aspect. They are responsible for how they get to the games. They're not a part of that travel plan. And what about the other sports, the other athletics involved with this softball, baseball? I mean, all these other athletics that are now going to be touched by this, where it's going to take a long time to get to your next opponent. A lot of travels involved. And by the way, they are student athletes. I know that I know I know that NIL gets very tricky where people think, oh, it's not about them being students. They are still students because they are going to the university. So they are responsible on top of that with this extra travel time, their homework and different things like that. I, I worked around college athletics and those athletes do actually have to go to their classes. I know that some of them do online courses, but there's still a lot of work involved with that. And I'm not going to discredit that in any way from them. And that's just a lot of extra work added pressure. And now these other, not just football or basketball, you know, so the two bigger sports, but now all these other athletics are going to be affected. And I wonder, and this is with 
all due respect to these kids who are getting partial scholarships, but how does the discus thrower at Washington or Oregon <laughs> or UCLA or USC, how do they make NIL money? Yeah, how, you, how, you put their name up on a, or their face up on a billboard. Not everybody's getting it. Not know. everybody no. is. And some schools have what they call a collective, which means let's say they get yeah. five hundred thousand dollars to the entire program, and so they'll divvy that out evenly. Um, but that's generally for the bigger sports: football, men's basketball. It's not for track or you know swimming or or hockey, whatever the sport may be. It's it's a little bit different for those players. You have to be you know really good or or really I guess really good at social media in order for people to get paid and that's the that's the unfortunate part of it when you are you almost have to look at football as its own entity inside the NCAA mm-hmm. as opposed to a whole grouping of all of those guys together because it's just it's just a different amount of money that's being associated with it and it's different rules associated with them and Carrie how many times do you hear from your you know, young high school athletes, when they're picking a school, of course, if they're a big star, then they'll go wherever, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're getting all these offers knocking down their door for them to come to their universities. But how many of the other athletes you hear, and even some of the stars, they pick their university based off of how close it is, where it's easy for their family to come see yeah. them. Yeah, I've had to, I've had to explain to kids, like, you you need to go to the best situation. I understand you want to be yeah. close to home for your parents. Sometimes being close to home is good. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes getting away and seeing other things is a is a great thing me going to illinois was great for me because it got me out of st louis it got me away from missouri even though it was only two and a half hours away so it's just a different experience my friend my family could still come there and see me but it was not in the state of missouri so i got to meet different people from different places so it was uh i think that's good it's just it's right now it's difficult for these players and for these families to to kind of figure out the best way to, to go about this. And the football people, the, the biggest problem here is that the football people have taken over and they don't care about the other sports. Even yeah. like, even a basketball, and I know the basketball is, is a revenue sport, but UCLA plays at Michigan on Big Monday. Yeah. All right? So And, and they finish at 11 o'clock. They get on a plane at midnight. They get back into Los Angeles at 3 in the morning LA time. Mm-hmm. Like Eli said, then they got to cl- go to class. And they and they are expected to be in class. Yeah, and because the, the GPAs matter too. Yeah. Well, well it, for some of them, some of them, yeah. it, it matters because <laughs> that's the that's what you're there for. You're a student athlete. That's what your scholarship is for for going to college, mm-hmm. not for playing the sport. You got the scholarship because you were able to play the sport, but you got to go to class. And so it is it is difficult. And I know people, oh, poor players. Look at what they get. You have no clue the amount of work that is associated with being a student athlete the amount of sleep that you don't get because you're up at 7 a.m for either workouts or for class because for us all of our classes had to be done by two o'clock had to be over meaning our last class could start at 1 p.m need to be over by 150 so we could get to practice which means i'm up early i'm up late and it's it's a it's a lot of work put in to being a student athlete and there are 300 and I think 315 last year, uh, Division One basketball programs mm-hmm. with probably, let's just say there's 12 players each. So 315, because people are thinking, oh, they're, they're going to go to the NBA. So there are 3,780 Division One basketball players. There's 60 that get drafted to the NBA <laughs> and maybe 30 that yeah. make the NBA. Yeah. So maybe 30 out of 3,780. So it's not like these kids don't have to go to school because right. not all of them are going to play in the NBA or even play pro basketball. Yeah. Out no. of that group, maybe 
500 tops? No, yeah. not even that many. Maybe 150 probably will go play internationally. Yes, maybe that many. Maybe, maybe 150 100. total between yeah. NBA and overseas. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you always need to have a backup plan, right? Nothing mm. in life is guaranteed. Even going, getting drafted somewhere doesn't guarantee that that's going to work out or you won't get injured. You never know. So you have to, if you're going to college, still get that degree. You need to do that and have backup plans. Yeah. And Ultimately, the sports landscape is not allowing these kids to do the best that they're capable of in college because they're college athletes. That's what we're talking about. Coming up next, it's a big day for the St. Louis Blues. Their documentary, Anatomy of a Draft, debuts tonight. And Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, is going to talk about it next with us on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. And Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And tonight at 7 o'clock, the Blues documentary from Blue Note Productions, The Anatomy of the Draft, will debut on the Blues YouTube channel. You can check it out. And the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, is with us now. He's already seen it, and he's not going to do many spoilers, but we're going to talk a little bit about The Anatomy of the Draft. Kerbs, good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, I don't want to ruin anybody's week with a spoiler on a Monday, right? Exactly. No, <laughs> you don't want to start that way. But who do the Blues wait, wind wait, up drafting? Wait, wait, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like. So yesterday morning, uh, I get a text. I get a text from 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 my buddy Paul in, in the morning, and and he made a comment about the the Swedish uh, uh, the Swedish soccer team. And and I re, I replied back with the yeah it's a shame you know the U S got knocked out blah 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 but then I put a couple things down and he replied back with oops I should have told you I was watching it on tape I went oh sorry about that <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> that's not my fault it's not my fault like he he you know he made a I, I thought that you know the comment was clear I thought that he had watched it or looked at the highlights or something so. Uh, I didn't realize he was still watching it. <laughs> oh, so he missed the goal. Yeah, so I ruined it for him. Yeah. <laughs> Curbs, there's over 50 hours of video footage of just Doug Armstrong and his operation staff and the NHL draft. What stood out to you about how they go about things? You know what? I'm, uh, I've been fascinated for a while now with, Doug's leadership and how he runs his hockey department. And I, I, I think fans are going to really kind of enjoy some of the clips of how the conversation gets started. And frankly, maybe how little Doug says and how much other people say the debates on, on some players, the, the thoughts and, and when, when guys and when people on his staff don't agree uh, on things and, and now he handles it because one thing we've noticed uh, that I've noticed with Doug compared to others is, you know, Doug really surrounds himself with, with some current, uh, by current, I mean, we recently retired guys. Uh, uh, he involves players like the way he's involved a uh, Chris Thorburn, for example, you know, in, in player development and just, just how that's played a role in things. Uh, but, but the whole staff aspect of it. And when, when a team has a you know a, a director of amateur scouting that they truly trust, like they have with Tony or or maybe how they did with Yarmo, 
to me, it, it, it shows how important they're having the right staff is. And I think fans are going to get a real good glimpse of that. Curse, when we were listening to the draft over the radio, I thought Alex Ferrario did a really good job of describing the setting and what was going on and how execs were walking to different tables. Were the, were the Blues close to trading any of those picks away or, or moving up or moving back? I guess we're going to have to watch. <laughs> guess that would be a spoiler alert, huh? <laughs> no, listen, they, they look at every option, and, and Doug Armstrong – he he said this uh, he, he when he met with uh, when, when he met with the media uh, about a month or so ago he basically said that you know each team has I forget the word he said but it was like a matrix each team has a matrix and they have a value for each slot and so he felt even at that time that moving up would cost more than just the three picks might cost a player uh, it, it might and then moving back and and so what happens is is they they get a list of players and depending on who gets taken. And, and what have you, that determines whether they move up and back. And so they have, they get a bunch of things in place in case certain scenarios happen. Um, and, and that's, that's really, that's how that part goes. So I, I would say this, Terry, I, I would say that every general manager on that draft floor had situations in place for if A, then B. I mean, it was really, uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys remember those old books when we were growing up, the choose your own adventure books where at the bottom of the page, you could, you could flip to another page. To me, that, that's kind of what the draft floor can be like. Curbs, hmm. you mentioned Tony Feltrin, the Blues uh, director of scouting. Was there somebody in this, uh, in the documentary that obviously will debut tonight on the Blues YouTube channel at seven o'clock, somebody that, you think people will be surprised by when they hear or get to know for the first time? Uh, well, I think there's, uh, the, yeah, I, I think, uh, uh, Nima is one of them. I think you're, you're going to hear from, from Keith Kachuk. Mm-hmm. There's a, listen, th- there's one thing I'll tell you that happens in here. There's basically like a roll call at one point in time. Okay. And it's not, and and it's where when they start to rank players, Doug Armstrong went around the room and said, okay, what list you putting this guy on? And, and he just kind of went through to make sure there's a consensus. And, and I found that part to be a really kind of neat and fascinating aspect of, of this documentary. Like you said, look, look, there's over 50 hours and they put this thing down to what about 20 minutes. And so there, there, there's so much more that can be done. And uh, it's, I think it's it's just going to be a good insight into how things work and how things go and what things are like. Maybe give us a little bit. We're going to keep teasing you for spoilers because we just we just like to know every little bit that's going on. Of course, we'll watch later on. But what were they saying about Dvorsky that you could share? Uh, you know, there, there was actually an interesting debate about Dvorsky, um, you know, in terms of what people thought it and, and then how it goes. And, and there was one. There, there was one I thought dissenting voice uh, in there, you know that that questions a couple things, and so that the debate on him, you know, because obviously look, look, obviously they're going to focus on, and you're going to learn about the three draft picks that the St. Louis Blues ended up picking. Uh, so, you know, th- there are those debates. Uh, I guess you know what, going back to your previous question, Randy. Now I think about it, uh, there is a, a a really current former Blue that kind of makes his debut on the Blues uh, 
hockey ops staff that I think hmm. fans will love. Okay, good. We'll keep an eye open for that. Now, Curbs, uh, professional athletes use anything as motivation, and so we see it all the time with baseball and arbitration where players have to hear terrible things about themselves. Any chance one of these current Blues players is going to hear something about themselves that they may not <laughs> like in that draft room? No, I don't I don't think so on this one. Uh, <laughs> but, but, listen, Kerry, no, you're absolutely right. And I think – I think that's one of the things when when you're a team putting this together, say versus an outside organization, mm-hmm. you, you got to be a little bit careful on that front, right? But no, I think th- this is not so much about the, the debates on the players as it is about how you build your draft list and then how you manage that list when you get to the draft floor, you know? Because remember, originally, I mean, D- Doug Armstrong told us plenty of times that you know he he, he when when asked if he was going to take three players with the three picks, remember he said a lot that there was no way he was trading the tenth pick, right? In in terms of uh, you know just just moving that one to move it, but if, but if they could get players for you know one of the other two picks and speed the process up, that's something that Doug has been you know fascinatingly interested in, and obviously we know that did not happen because he ended up taking three players. And, and what what what's interesting about that guys is, is is this. I was I was actually I looked at an interesting trade tree yesterday. I don't know, for for those that know me long enough know that I, I love I love trade trees, and uh, and I started looking at the TJ Oshie trade. The Blues actually got a pick through the TJ Oshie trade that eventually led to the Blues acquiring Braden Shen, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 actually actually. Two players that actually it, it was a trade. It was it was part of the trade tree for TJ Oshie that allowed the Blues. Then ended up with two picks that eventually went through the Kevin Shattenkirk trade that allowed for Zach Sanford and Braden Shinner. Of course, you want to stay in the cup with those two guys. Um, but part of those trades too, they get a pick from in the, from Washington in the Kevin Shattenkirk trade. They trade that pick to Philadelphia in the to get Braden Shen. Well, Philadelphia used that trade to take Morgan Frost. And, and Philadelphia is still going, do we have a player here with Morgan Frost? Guys, that was five, six years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, so and, and then I started looking, okay, Ben Bishop. The Blues traded Ben Bishop, you know, and, and for a second-round pick. That turned out to be nothing for the St. Louis Blues. So just because you make a trade at the trade deadline, and I think this is really important, you know, for Cardinal fans to realize, too, if I, if I can bridge sports, that – you know, when you make trades at the trade deadline, you're really trading for futures, and, and you don't know how some of these futures work out. It's amazing to go back and look through and realize when you trade for, for draft picks, how excited you are, but then those draft picks have to plan plan out. But what the Blues have done extraordinarily well, I'm not sure that there's a team, and in some of the research I've done, I haven't been able to really find too many, that are better than the St. Louis Blues in finding value in the middle to late first round in the second round, in the third round. Yeah, they've got players that, that are not going to work. Yes, they've had some picks that have busted. But they've had, on a whole, more players be successful and become impact players than most franchises drafting in those areas. And uh, and, and it's been successful. So that's why, with Tony Felton running the show and, and the staff that you're going to hear in, in this documentary tonight, that's why you've got some really, really good positive vibes, not just on Dvorsky put on the two sweetest players taken later in the draft. Curbs, we will be tuned in. It's always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much, and have a great week.
Yeah, have an awesome week, you three. Thank you very much. Take care. That's the Voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN, the one and only Chris Kerber. Coming up next, we've got the fight on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Jeff. Jeff, how you doing? Doing well. All right. Oh, yeah. You, I you like got the a lot energy. Of energy. <laughs> you, you sound like you're driving. Are you uh, hands-free and eyes on the road? Absolutely. All right. Well, here we go. You ready to take on Randy Carey? Right. I am. All right. Here we go. Who was the last quarterback to be selected number one overall and win the Super Bowl? Is it Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, or Matthew Stafford? Uh, Matthew Stafford. There are only three rookies to win World Series MVP awards. Larry Sherry of the Dodgers, Jeremy Pena last season, and which 97 Marlin? Is it Tony Saunders, Levon Hernandez, or Edgar Renteria? Edgar Renneria. On this day in 2007, the Cardinals tied the Major League Baseball record with 10 consecutive hits in an inning. Batting eighth, which Cardinals pitcher accounted for two of those 10 hits? Is it Adam Adam Wainwright, Kip Wells, or Braden Looper? Braden Looper. Shohei Otani is the third player since 1900 with a home run, stolen base, and a score and scoreless pitching outing in the same game. After only Chrissy Mathewson and which unlikely 21st century position player? Pablo Sandoval, Prince Fielder, or Adrian Gonzalez? Let's uh, go with the panda. Pablo Sandoval. All right, we'll double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Jeff, how you feel? Uh, not too bad. I like I like the baseball questions, but I, I have to say I was taking guesses on a couple of them. All right, well, I think you uh, will be pleased with your effort today as Randy <laughs> strolls in with his black cherry propel. Oh, it's Barry. Oh, Barry. Oh, it's just Barry. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't want to disappoint you, Cindy. I appreciate it. Carrie, uh, Carrie does cherry. not like the black cherry. <laughs> I actually did find out a drink that I've been drinking regularly is black cherry, and I kind of no like way. it. Uh-oh. It's disappo- <laughs> I was Surprise. so disappointed in myself. What is it? <laughs> it's uh, I forget what it is. It's some type of water. And it just bamboozled <laughs> you? It, it, it threw me off. I thought it was, <laughs> I was assuming that it was like, this is really good. good. And, I, and then I realized, I looked at the flavor, I said, oh, no, no, no. I can't drink this anymore. I love that. <laughs> Randy, say hello to Jeff. Jeff, good morning. How you doing? Jeff? 
Did we lose him? Oh, we think we just left Jesse. Yeah, Uh-oh. Well, oh, he was kind of in and out a little bit. Okay. Yeah, well, he, yeah. he's, he's, he's still Jeff, listening. good morning. Thanks for listening. He and his Thanks family are driving back to Florida. He's oh. first time, first long-time listener, first-time caller. Love nice. He's listening on that. Good job. All right. Well, Randy, well, we'll go with you, and Jeff will tune back in. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Who was the last quarterback to be selected number one overall and win a Super Bowl? Last quarterback to be selected number one overall. So, um... Well, this is uh, so you got Manning in '98. Subsequent to Manning, Tim Couch didn't. Michael Vick didn't because Courtney Brown went first in 2000, 2001. Um, let's see, yeah, uh, 2001, 2002. David Carr didn't. 2003, Carson Palmer didn't. 2004. Um, that would have been Eli, so Eli was first overall, so he'd be next. 2005 was Mario Williams, 2006 uh, NFL draft. Uh, that was Jamarcus, I think, 2007. Um, I, I don't even remember who the 2000s. See, I'm, I'm running out of... Uh, running out of things here. Uh, so two, 2007... Um, I'll just pass it by. Uh, 2008. I'm, I'm running out of. 2007 was that horrible draft that we had. Oh, that. So Jay Cutler was the first quarterback taken in that draft, I think. Uh, 2009. Um, uh, that wouldn't have been. 2010 was Sam. 2009 was. Oh, uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, so 2010. Would have been Sam. 2011. Uh, let's see, who do we got in the 2011 NFL draft? I'm trying to think of who the Rams took in the in the 2011 draft. That helps me a little bit. Um, and the, the, it gets kind of forgettable. Oh, Cam Newton, he didn't win. Uh, 2012. This is um, amazing. Uh, well, you, you got to... Peek into the window. You got to do it, um, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so uh, right now we are at Stafford, 2012 the NFL draft. Um, who did the Rams take? You guys hear gears yeah, clicking? Bad. Yeah. Um, darn it! I'm trying to think of uh, who went. To, so, 2013. Okay, so we're we're getting to a point now. What? Well, you, you gave me the question, right? I mean, I mean it, it's not an automatic thing. I, I'm going to go with, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll say that Jared Goff did not win one. Okay. And that, uh, and, and I can just go back, I, I can just go back to those Super Bowls, which is fine. Um, Mahomes hasn't, wasn't the first pick in the draft. Foles wasn't the first pick in the draft. Um Alex Smith didn't win a Super Okay, I missed one there. It's Alex Smith, 205. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, with Stafford here. Um, I just... Brady. <laughs> I'm laughing at the text line. Yeah, I, I think text line's going nuts oh, right now. Yeah, I can imagine. They don't like it. They, they wish gave I, you a pitch clock violation. Yeah, they, they, they want me to have the, the options, which tell, is great. Tell, I'll, I'll, tell take, them, I'll tell, take the options on every you question. You'd go much faster if you yeah. had the options. Yeah, yeah I would. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go Matthew Stafford. All right. Okay. Final answer? Is that, the, is that it? <laughs> Question number two. <laughs> that okay. was one. This okay. is two. There, there are only three rookies to win World oh, Series man. MVP awards. 
Larry Sherry of the Dodgers, <laughs> Jeremy Pena last season, and which 97 Marlins CD? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that would have been Edgar Renteria? Yes. No. Wait, hold. He Did he win? He won it for them. But did he win? I'm going to go leave on her. No. 97. Mm, Marlins over the then Indians. Um, yeah, I they they won in 03, but I don't think Le- I I think Levon was that year. I will go with Levon Hernandez. All right, <laughs> on this day in 2007, <laughs> the Cardinals tied the major league record with 10 consecutive hits in an inning, batting eighth. Which Cardinals pitcher accounted for two of those 10 hits? 2007. Yes. So I'm thinking it was probably a starter. <laughs> so Carpenter was hurt. So you had Wayno. You had the ill-fated Kip Wells experiment. I think Supon was still around. Um, I, I because he was a good hitter. I'll go with Wayno. Shohei Otani is the... Oh, I'm sorry. Were you about to say something? Nope. Oh, okay. Shohei Otani. Just have to double check. (laughs) Double check. Last one. Shohei Otani is the third player since 1900 with a home run, stolen base, and scoreless pitching outing in the same game after only Christy Mathewson and which unlikely 21st century position player? Can I get that again, please? Shohei Otani is the third player since 1900 with a home run, run. stolen base, and scoreless pitching outing in the same game. After only Christy Mathewson and which unlikely 21st century position player? I'll do the lifeline since I have it. Pablo Sandoval, Prince Fielder, Adrian Gonzalez. All very unlikely. (laughs) Stolen base homer and scoreless pitching outing. Gonzalez, Panda, or... Uh, fielder. I will go just because he had the personality to steal a base with the panda. It's the only reason I'm going. It's <laughs> the only reason I'm going. Well, I'm glad we were able to get Jeff back on the line because we have a tie. Because of course we do. <laughs> we will go to the tiebreaker. Jeff, the rules here are simple. I will read out the question. Randy Carrick will have a moment to write down his answer. We will then get your answer. And whoever is closest to the pin is going to be the winner of today's fight. Jeff, do you understand those rules? I do. All right. Randy, do you have your piece of paper and are you ready? I do, and I'm ready. Yeah. All I'll right. write it quickly. What was Albert Pujols' career high for a season in stolen bases? Note he did it twice. What was Albert Pujols' career high for a season in stolen bases? Just a moment, Jeff. We're going to let Andy Carricker write down his answer first to the question, what was Albert Pujols' career high for a season in stolen bases? I heard the markers go. Randy Carricker has his answer down on the paper. Jeff, what is your answer, sir? I'm going to go with 19. (laughs) (laughs) 
Welcome to the longest fight in America. <laughs> it is 8.46. This segment was supposed to end at what time, CD? absolutely unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to go to a second tiebreaker question because the answer to the question is 16, which means both of you were three away because Randy Carricker, what was your answer on the paper? I said 13. You said 13, so you were both Jeff said three 19. away. So I'm just going to pull a random number question out of my back pocket. Right now, we were talking a little bit earlier about Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker. Who do you want to trade? Nolan Gorman. You want to trade him? How many RBI does the 23-year-old have currently this season? How many RBI does the 23-year-old have currently this season? Hmm. How many RBI? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Care, you're killing me there right you now. Go. Let's All see right. here. We got a guess from Randy Carricker. Jeff, how many RBIs <laughs> does Nolan Gorman have on this season? Uh, <laughs> Oh, you cut out there, Jeff. What was your answer? 54. <sighs> what, 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 54. He said 54? Yes. All right. Randy, can you share your answer, please? I said uh, 49. All, All right. right. We have a winner. Finally. In t- <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see how long this could go for. Fight! After a first tiebreaker question and a second tiebreaker yeah. question, can Jeff take down Randy Carricker on his way from Florida, or does Megamind roll on here to start a week after a long fight? Ring that barrel! The winner and new champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. The fight is presented so, by Golf Discount so. of St. Louis. There you go. Good job. In town. Why shop anywhere else? Congratulations, Jeff. You won today's fight in the second tiebreaker. Nolan Gorman has 67 RBI on this season, which got means you were a little bit closer than Randy Carricker, and so you are the winner of today's fight, and you will join us again for tomorrow's show. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Great job. Congratulations, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight really quickly. The answers, it was, in fact, Matthew Stafford, the last QB to be selected number one overall and win the Super Bowl. LeVon Hernandez was the third rookie to win the World's or second rookie to win the World Series MVP, Larry Sherry of the Dodgers, LeVon Hernandez, and then Jeremy Pena last season. On this day in 2007, the Cardinals tied the MLB record with 10 consecutive hits in an inning, getting the first hit and the eighth hit were Braden Looper for the St. Louis Cardinals and Shohei Otani, the third player since 1900 with a home run, a stolen base, and a scoreless pitching outing in the same game. Early 1900s pitcher Christy Mathewson and an unlikely 21st century position player Pablo Sandoval did in fact do it. And then 16 was your answer for your first tiebreaker. Albert Pujols career high in stolen bases and then 67 for Nolan Gorman on the RBI. And for those of you that are te- uh, texting in and whining, <laughs> I'm more than happy to set the rules so that we can have a pitch clock and we both get no options or we can both get options. If, 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 you, if you guys want to play... I can play it either way if if, if if you're bothered. Jeff started that fight so, in, in Florida. Yeah. He's in Georgia now. Yeah, we, we need to. But, but if you want to have a, uh, we, we can. Do, why don't you put a poll up? So, what would you rather have? The way things are going currently, or that the listener and Randy get the exact same rules? We can do it either way. Well, I think it would go well at all. Uh, there's a lot of people here who are saying that was incred- that was fun to watch. Randy's unbelievably gifted, fun to watch him work. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that. that the somebody, are somebody awesome. also texted, how did you not see this coming when you wrote that question? It's like, I write a lot of questions that have a lot of history in them, and, Randy, and they don't, we don't usually do that, but I like that we did it today. Got a little lesson in yeah. rap history. I, I appreciated it. Somebody on the YouTube chat said, all that for Randy to lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's true. It's true. Uh, the bird one. 
watch us next time, 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It is time for the bird watch and Brooke, why don't you start things off for us? My bird watch is going to be just a little bit of a minor league report. We talked earlier in the show about Mason when he exited Sunday's game in AAA Memphis due to a mild glute strain. And oh, I, I know you guys want to say back. Yeah, and technically, maybe there's some back stuff involved, but they did say mild glute strain. Um, he's just considered day-to-day. It seemed like it was more of a precautionary move with Mason Wynn on uh, keeping out. But prior to that, he has been really dominant. Just an update on how he's doing. He's hitting 286 with 17 homers, 92 runs, 59 RBI, and 17 steals. Or RBIs for CDs. <laughs> CD over here. Perfect. CDs. You see how I added the S I, just to make you happy. And also just an update on Ryan Helsley as he looks to return. He was in Springfield this past weekend. He pitched a scoreless seventh inning in his first rehab outing. So we will continue to watch that. All right. Let's get him back. Let's get him back to run 900 miles an hour in closing games for us. <laughs> you got to yeah. get to the that part, though. Yeah. The, the yeah, save yeah, yeah. part of it. Uh, actually, give me a give me a bird. I'm sorry. Oh, he's getting a little birdie. I, I was kind of debating going back and forth. I'm going to go with JoJo Romero. And I think I'm excited. I think he hasn't gotten any love yet from here, from us. We, we talk about him, but probably not enough. Uh, a guy that is coming in middle relief at closing at times has done a fantastic job. Got his first victory of the season uh, earlier in July and then got a save late July. So he's done a very good job in the role that he has been asked to do. A much needed role, a lefty in the bullpen, doing a fantastic job, getting guys out, not allowing many hits. Um, And so I I hope he can continue what he's able to do for, for this season and for 2024. Yeah, he's he looks like he's kind of found it, which is pretty cool. And he has energy. I think that's the one thing that I enjoy from him. I mean, it, it's we get to play a child's game for a king's ransom, and he enjoys that. He's he's a guy that when he strikes a guy out, when he gets the save, he's showing you that passion. You need guys like that in your clubhouse uh, because it's a fun game, and and sometimes you can get lost in the the, the mundane part of it, the day to day part of it. But you get an opportunity to play a professional sport, something you dreamed about as a kid. It, you should have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, guys, I, I like being generous. I like taking care of people. And I'm really glad that the Cardinals were able to help out our friends, the Colorado Rockies. You know, the, the Rockies, they, they did win a couple of uh, road series in May. They won a couple of road series in June. They won a road series in July. And now they've won a road series in August as well. It's really good to know that a team that's 19 and 37 came into your series, 17 and 36 on the road, that you're generous enough to provide them a little opportunity to ha- take a happy flight. And that's exactly what the Rockies did last night with their 1-0 victory over the Cardinals. I love the generosity and the caring nature oh, of no. our Redbirds. I don't think that that's what they should be doing. I don't, I mean, you don't think it, they should be nice? Nah, it's good generous? to be compassionate and caring and, and generous. But when you're trying to play a professional sport, you should try to win games. And other teams mm-hmm. shouldn't feel happy when they leave to get on that plane to go to a different city <laughs> or bus or whatever they're flying mm-hmm. or riding in. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that they should be ecstatic about that. Yeah, well, this is... 
We've talked about the devil magic with the Cardinals. Is this just the opposite side of the devil magic? Where it it's is. just yeah. not the good what side. What is this? Yeah. What is this? I'm legitimately not like angry about the 1-0 loss on Sunday because of Zach Thompson's start and because the offense is one thing that I'm just I just I can't find into myself to worry about the Cardinals offense on a long-term trajectory. And Thompson was incredible if they mm-hmm. finally gave him a start. So, like, it was negative. It was bad. You can't lose a series of the Rockies. But I'm not caring about wins and losses. So, honestly, seeing JoJo and Zach, that I'm taking Sunday a little bit as a there spiritual win. See? I'm sorry. I know see? it's a no, losing mentality, Carrie. I know. But you, you, have not, to, you have to talk about the positives after the fact. I don't want to go in. I'm not going into the game saying I want to lose. But the game's happened. No concern about 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. No concern about leaving 15 players on base. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I'm supposed to spend time worried about this Cardinals offense? They aren't. Probably not. (laughs) Not now. Uh, I guess it is a little too little too late. I don't think the Cardinals are worrying about the offense even after a game like that. They 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 had 15 runners. They had 15 runners. Sunshine. None of them. None of them. You got to cross the plate. Yeah, go first, second, third, and then home. Well, here's the thing, though. That, that, I mean, you need a season high 15 awesome. men on base yeah. is not good. I mean, it's good, but one, you need just one of them to cross the plate to well, score runs. You would like that, ideally. Preferably two of them when the other team only had one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, a, it's not an ideal situation here, so All we're right. taking what we can get. What are we? What? <laughs> Richard okay. Birdwatch on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Coming up, we've got our Rush Hour Reset. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. It is 9.04 in the opening drive. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and it is great to have you with us, especially on the heels of the Cardinals almost winning yesterday. They only lost one nothing. And uh, I think they almost won, though. Well, they, 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 they had 15, we just base. said they had 15 runners. Yeah, none of them scored. Season high. Season high. <laughs> yeah, come on. So we, were, we were right there. We were right there. Good effort. Good try. Yeah. And not only did the Cardinals turn in a good effort, a good try, but their starting pitcher, Zach Thompson, was a revelation. Four innings. He struck out eight, walked only one. He allowed a run, an earned run, and the only run of the game was scored on a sacrifice fly in the third inning. But for his part, Thompson has a new approach, and that is he's kind of trying to emulate what one of the greatest of all time, Clayton Kershaw, has done. Has he actually watched tape of the way Kershaw goes about his business? I would argue my slider might be my best command pitch. Um, you know, Clayton Kershaw has, has left a pretty good blueprint for a fastball curveball slider lefty, so just trying to follow his lead a little bit. Probably watched more Kershaw than than any other pitcher in baseball, for sure, yeah. And that's a good thing when you're left-handed and you've watched a lot of Kershaw and you have the same repertoire as him. Mm -hmm. uh, Do what he does. If you can can get close, if he could be two-thirds of the pitcher, that half the pitcher that Clayton Kershaw is, that would be great. You can make an argument that Clayton Kershaw is the best starting pitcher of all time if you want. I I will say for this to be his first start, it was exciting to see. 
<clears throat> and you, you, there were, I mean, I think they were only expecting for him to pitch a couple of innings. But when you got five strikeouts in the first two innings, you, you kind of got to let it roll and see where this guy's going to go. And he ended up with eight and four. For me, that is what this Cardinals starting rotation has needed. They have needed guys with swing and miss stuff. And, you know, they've been a pitch to contact stuff. It's cool when you can able, when you're able to put three infielders on one side of the, of the, of the of second base. Not so much anymore. So now the the teams have been finding holes in their defense and been a lot of hits, a lot of runs scored against this starting pitching, against these relievers. And so to have a guy that can strike guys out was fun to see. It was the best part of the day. Uh, 15 men on base was not. I feel like I was reading an article a little while ago about how Okendo, he always talked about what stood out to him most about what makes a great Major League Baseball player when he's evaluating talent is how they handle adversity. And I think that's something that just really stands out with Zach Thompson. As you mentioned earlier, CD, we don't know what he's saying behind the scenes, but all that matters is how he's able to rebound and perform out there. We all have seen how much he's been jerked around this season by the Cardinals. I mean, heck, even John Mosellock admitted that, that they probably should approach and handle things differently moving forward and he referenced the whole Zach Thompson situation so the way that he's gone about his business and is able to bounce back in that way yesterday it's encouraging and I hope he can build off of that I I do too I mean it's this is a a great opportunity for some of these younger pitchers you got Dakota Hudson you got Matthew Libertor Zach Thompson it's an opportunity to solidify your spot in the rotation going into 2024 uh, if you're able to perform well here mm-hmm. down the stretch. I know the Cardinals in, in total aren't playing for anything other than you know their jobs, some of them, but this is an opportunity for those young players to say, hey, I deserve to be in that starting rotation once 2024 hits. Yeah, The Yankees fell to the Astros again yesterday. Giancarlo Stanton went 0 for 6. Now, he got to play, actually, on the day after. He had a base running situation. Not <laughs> <laughs> dissimilar to the one that, well, actually it was very dissimilar to the one that Tyler O'Neill had here in the first week of the season. This is the way things went for Stanton when he reached base with uh, one of his three times on base for the Yankees on Saturday. That one is served into right field. It is a base hit. Fielded by Dubon. Here comes Stanton. Here's the throw. Here's the play. And he is out. But they still got him. I agree. And this was even up the first baseline. I thought maybe he had a chance to score. There you see, he wasn't running real, real well. And apparently he just can't run real well. He got thrown out by like 20 feet. I'm sorry. I think that that was, that is the definition of loafing it. I'm (laughs) sorry. uh The Tyler O'Neill situation, when you compare the two, it's it's such a huge difference. That is the definition of loafing it. I thought the funniest video I pulled up for you guys, and you can look on the tube and see too. Somebody said, and here's Stan (laughs) running around third, and it's Tony LaRusso when he was the White Sox manager running out to the mound. It it felt so slow. Like, in slow motion. It it was crazy looking. Is he hurt? He's I don't know hurt. what the. <laughs> He's always hurt. He wasn't. He was jogging. He he should. He <laughs> is should. that even jogging? That, that was a. It was. I don't know which is that quicker, was power a walking or a jog. <laughs> one is slower than the other. Whichever one is the slow. He's looking back like, oh, well, is that? Are they sending me? Is he gonna throw this home? Okay, all right. Well, yeah, okay. I, I I have no idea. And it was. He's got to be hurt. It was not the best throw. It was up the I, line. I would hope for his sake, that's what it was. He, he's got to be hurt. He didn't try to slide. He didn't try to make a play at the plate nothing he just yeah that that, that, when we were playing football that would be described as a loaf Uh uh-huh anytime you uh change speeds if you were a defender 
Like, if you were chasing down a guy and you sped up, that meant you were loafing to begin with, yeah. so that's a loaf. Maybe he thought it was going to be a bad throw. Maybe he didn't <laughs> think he was going to be running at all. Yeah. Maybe he was it trying looked like to, he didn't so. want to be in that situation is what it looked he like. He almost hurt himself as well trying to stop, which is dangerous also. Just no. ran right into it. He's uh, running uh, like he got a bad back. I'll say this. How long do you think yeah, he might have had that? About a week back. Hmm. No, that is too many in one day. Rock, how many times has this happened today? Is this like the fifth time? Uh, you want to talk about like genuine ones or, for, or do we count the forced ones too? Because like that's the th- I, I think that's know. the third genuine one, but there was a forced one in there with a, uh, a forearm strain or a glute strain. Yeah. Yeah. They tried to turn into a back strain. They, so I, yeah. The glute we, strain we is a lot back it's, side, it's either three so or four, depending on how you want to count it. Applicable. <laughs> no. It's glute strain. I'm going to ignore. I'm going to ignore human anatomy for a second. Oh. <laughs> By the way, and I always have liked Giancarlo Stanton as a player when he's playing. And I know Cardinal fans are up in arms over the fact that they traded Alcantara and Zach Gallen for Marcelo Zuna. But could you imagine if the Cardinals would have been able to do the deal for Stanton if he would have come here? And he's had seasons where he played 18 games and 23 games, played in 110 last year. He's only played in 62 this year. Can you imagine if the Cardinals would have acquired a guy that would have prevented them from getting Goldschmidt and or Arenado and was still on the team doing that and Alcantara and Gallon were part of the deal. Oh, that's terrible. They got that would be lo- yeah. so bad. They dodged a bullet yes. with Stanton deciding to not come here. Agree. And I really wanted him to come here, but that, uh, 2020 hindsight, they did dodge a bullet. And the reason that I really wanted him to come here was because he had 59 homers and drove in 132 in the year before he got traded. Mm-mm. He's got like 400 home runs in his career. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he does. But man, he's you got to play, and he has not played enough. Hmm? I said 395. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, it's, I wonder if all the injuries will he keep him out of the Hall of Fame. He's a nice player, but you know, it's he, he won an MVP, but probably not. Probably not a Hall of Famer. Hey, uh, coming up here on 101 ESPN. Which young starter, especially on the heels of yesterday, has the leg up for the number five spot in the 2024 Cardinal rotation? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. In all these guys' situations, they're they're pitching for the next two months to to leave a mark. In other words, um, make an impression, a positive impression, because, you know, one of the things that, that you want to be careful of is, is, is trying to solve your problem just in these, these two months in terms of feeling where if guys perform well, that means we just don't have to do anything. I think the one thing that we have to take away from, from this past year and and really just experience is just, we, we need to add players that we can count on. That is the Cardinal Pobo, John Mozeliak, yesterday on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX with Tom Ackerman, with Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and the Cardinals do have some depth now. I don't know if it's good depth, but they have depth in pitching. Uh, and let's start with the, the fifth spot in the roster, because we all agree that if the Cardinals don't go out and get a couple of free agent or trade starters, that it's going to be a failure in this offseason. 
you know that Michaelis is going to be the number two, and you know that Nats is going to be the number four, and you figure that somebody is going to be the number five that's already in the organization. So you, you have to go out and get a number one, and you have to get a number three. So the question is, based on where we are and what we know right now, who would you be inclined to say has the inside track to that fifth starter's job? The young pitcher from among Libertor, Zach Thompson, Graceffo, Rom whose name should be CD, by the way, uh, <laughs> or somebody else. Is there somebody else that you could envision stealing that number five job next year? I think Rom is going to be an interesting one. We have to wait until we figure out what's going on with the injury with him and when he will be, you know, will we be able to see him. But it seems like somebody that could possibly be slated as that fifth starter. But Zach Thompson, and CD, I know you're going to touch on this, is very impressive if he's con- going to be able to continue to build off this. I think that that would be a great option to have as your fifth starter. Matthew Libertor, they're going to continue to give him chances to see how that works out. And maybe that's kind of your somewhat, I'm going to put in air quotes, six starter. I don't want people to get freaked out because we talked about six starters going into the season, but in that starting rotation depth, maybe Matthew Libertor can start to turn things around here and gain some more confidence. But if we're talking about right now, as of today, with those options, because as I mentioned, Rom with the injury, Zach Thompson, I think possibly has a good chance to really build up to that. Uh, I, I mean, we talked about what Zach Thompson did in his last start yesterday. I thought that was amazing. It was really, really good for him mm-hmm. um, because we're looking to figure out which one of these young players is going to be, I guess, the uh, the fifth starter. And I don't know if it's a, a Takoa Roby, a TK Roby, who just got traded over from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. He might be the guy. He's he's one of the top prospects in the in the league and in, in the Cardinals organization so maybe that's a guy maybe it's a guy we haven't seen yet but based on just the opportunities presented down the stretch here somebody of those three that are here right now Libertor Dakota Hudson and and Zach Thompson one of those three are going to get a lot of opportunities to prove themselves down the stretch and put themselves in the in the lead for that fifth spot and I, hopefully it's just the fifth spot and not you know, a fourth and fifth spot where the Cardinals are only going out to get one extra pitcher in the, in free agency. Hopefully they're going to get, get two, two guys. Um, but, <laughs> Randy, you, would you be surprised at all if your rotation is Michaelis, Mats, uh, Zach Thompson, and one of those other guys, Roby, Graceffo, McGreevy, and then they out, go out and go get one, uh, one ace? Wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. I feel at like all. they need two. They, they still, even no, it, though we're talking about, it's I know a, it is a. You are correct. I, they do need two. Yeah, and that's what would make me feel more comfortable. I, it's fine if one of them comes via trade this off season, which I think is something they should do, and the other one via free agency, and then we can start talking about things after that. Because somebody texted in, why do we have to assign these numbers to pitchers? Why does that matter? Why do you guys think that that matters? Because you need that certified ace. You need that one and two. We, we've talked about it over and over again. The teams who go further in the playoffs, what do they have in their starting rotation? Got a number one starter. Why yes. do you think that the the Astros and and Rangers were so hot, even with good pitching, so hot after Verlander and Scherzer? You need those guys. Yeah. You have to have those guys. And, and Randy, I, I was one of the people that – it probably didn't really dawn on me. Like, I, I always knew pitching was important, right? But it didn't really strike me until I watched the World Baseball mm-hmm. Classic and mm-hmm. I watched Shohei Otani just mow down oh my gosh. all elite 
you can watch it in the All-Star game, but it's not the same. Guys are trying, but they, they're having fun. That World Baseball Classic was guys really giving great effort for their country, trying to win games, and you saw Shohei say, no, not going to happen, not today, not tomorrow, not ever, against some of the best hitters in the world. And that's when it hit me, yeah, we need pitching. Every team needs elite pitching at the top of their rotation. Yes, they they really do. I think another name just to watch, I feel like we should mention because he did great on Friday in Memphis, is Adam Klofenstein. Did you guys see what he was able to do this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tossing five innings, allowing one run. He struck out six. Now, Rock and I were discussing this. Do you see him more staying as a starter or as a reliever? You know, the the Blue Jays, he was one of their top prospects as a starter, and he was actually ahead of Alex Manoa. And then he got hurt, Klopfenstein did, and that's when Manoa took off. Now, Manoa hasn't been great this year, but last year he was second in the Cy Young voting. So Mm -hmm. if... An organization as adept as the Blue Jays has him as a starter. I want to see him as a starter. And by the way, I want to try everybody as a starter. I think that the lack of definition for Zach Thompson is a pox on the Cardinals. You needed to keep him in a rotation somewhere, whether it's here or in Memphis, and keep him a starter. Same thing with Libertor. I think they really may have messed up with uh, Genesis Cabrera by never giving him an opportunity to start. And there's a reason the starters are making $43 million and the best relievers are making twenty. <laughs> yep. Because you want to have great starters. So I am going to go recency bias and go with Zach Thompson as well. I still think that Libertor is going to get an opportunity. And it depends, obviously, but we're talking about right now where we go. I would go Thompson, and then I would still be inclined to look at Libertor because he's got the stuff. It's just a matter of getting it out of him at the major league level. For whatever reason, they're able to down in Memphis. And like I said last week, I think the phone call needs to be made. Hey, how do you maximize Matthew Libertor? Let's see if we can do that up here with with the major league level. But then in the bullpen, it's going to be hard to fill out. I don't know if if Andre Pallante is back. I think a lot of these kids that the Cardinals got in the trades at the deadline will wind up being in the bullpen and... It'll make for a more fungible pen next year because you can send guys out and call them up. You don't have a bunch of guys. One of the problems you have with people like Chris Stratton and Cabrera, I think Cabrera did have an option left, but you have too many pitchers that didn't have options left. So you didn't have enough flexibility down there. Open depth is very yeah. important because yeah. what it, it felt like we saw that this season where there's times where it's like where where do you go into the pen right and because and who do you go with yeah because nobody ever goes more than five innings anymore. And then again, I think the best you know starting rotation the best overall pitching staff includes got young guys in that bullpen having an opportunity they don't have the pressure of being everyday starters every fifth day starters they can learn from some of the veterans they can you know go in 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 the non high leverage situations or learn and work their way up to high leverage situations which will eventually prepare them to be starters in the long run I, I think that's the best way to go about it it's kind of that that maturation that they gain from being in the bullpen, learning every single day, and just watching. That, to me, would be the best way for the Cardinals to go. Agree 100%, but the Cardinals don't do that. It's like Zach Thompson, the perfect example. You could have had him in the bullpen all year this year Probably and said, okay, you're going to be a starter next year. But then you kind of jerked them around and yes. sent them down. To, but, and what's the purpose of that? Like, What do you gain from not having information given to your players the correct information what what because the only thing i think you gain is players not trusting you 
And when it comes down time to to resign, to uh, decide whether or not I want to spend the rest of my career here, that trust goes a long way as well as that lack of trust going a long way. And so if you're not being honest and open and upfront with guys, players can accept whatever you tell them as long as you tell them the truth. And they may not agree with it, but they'll accept it. But when you go back and forth and don't give them a clear, concise direction of what it is they need to do, it becomes a bit frustrating. Well, and especially with a kid like that, because he could have pitched out of the bullpen all year long, like he did, or like Adam Wainwright did in 06, and then prepare yourself to be a starter. You, in an off season, you can prepare yourself to be a starter. He didn't need to go down and stretch, Zach Thompson I'm speaking of, to, to stretch himself out to be a starter for 2024. He could have pitched out of the bullpen all year here and then prepared himself during the off season, and he lost essentially a year of service time. Exactly. And that may be what it is more than anything. That's you better think he's going to be really good. If you're going to do that, you better think he's going to be pretty good. So, but we don't know. And hopefully the Cardinals will will fix things because they've got some things to fix. Uh, next up, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Cardinal pitching staff and how big of a task this is for Mo and Gersh in the front office. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Well, I think uh, we're going to have to look at, at, you know, all viable options. So, you know, what what that looks like in the trade market, obviously um, it would probably be a little bit easier to address just more in the the free agent market because you're you're not subtracting. But um, I think we just have to remain open-minded. We know we have um, holes to fill. And, you know, I I don't think it's as daunting as people think. I mean, you're always going into the offseason knowing that there's there's some areas where you're trying to improve. And, you know, this year it's – from a from a uh, standpoint of simplicity, we know we have to add pitching, and um, that's just not rotational depth. It's also going to be in the bullpen. So, um, I think as we we get past the World Series and and can open up that market, you know, that's something that we're going to have to uh, be very aggressive in, and you know, hopefully uh, we're able to fill those needs. John Mozeliak yesterday on KMOX on Sports on a Sunday morning and. That sounds to me like if it's not daunting that the Cardinals, and tell me, Brooke and Carrie, if you agree with this, have already made the decision to change philosophically about swimming in the deep waters of starting pitching where you're spending $30 million a year. Does it sound like they are willing to do that? Well, if if it's not a daunting task, because that's what players react to is money. No question. Then if they're going to go into free agency and it's not a daunting task, that tells me that they're prepared to spend money. I I would think that that's what that sounds like Nola. until or Shohei. we get to well, no, I don't go that far Ooh, that's going to cost more than not? 30 million it's not that daunting it, right that is much more daunting than uh Aaron Nola <laughs> but then you throw in the free zoo that's you can't put a price tag on that so you literally can't. you can't yeah. but i don't think that that's going <laughs> to be the 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 main thing that brings Shohei here it couldn't get Lars. messy here we Lars. Can, Lars. Uh, you great friends are Lone. hard to find. <laughs> However, I still don't think we, we've done enough. We need to introduce Shohei to the nutty, nutty neuters of Newt Nation. Oh, the nutty neuters of Newt Nation? Who, by yes. the way, have come up with a, an interesting fact over the weekend. 
Oh, no, what did they no, no, out? no. I'm, I'm not even going to bring that oh, up. If you want to bring it up, nope, you can do the bar, it. The bar not, is better than Willie Mays. People, people will. I did, I did not bring up this did fact. I'm avoiding it because what? somebody, somebody, made, somebody did a stat comparison, and I'm not going to say it because then I'm, people are going to be like, oh, Brooks being crazy. You are not. It was not I was not the you're, one that created this. You were 100% right. But what somebody, Cardinal Stats and Facts, which is a great Twitter account to follow. Yep. They did a stat comparison of the what the first three seasons. Yep. First three seasons for Willie Mays, seven hundred and sixteen <laughs> plate appearances, two sixty three average, three forty seven on base, four fifty slug for a seven ninety seven OPS. Lars Newbar, eight fifteen plate appearances more, uh two fifty average versus two sixty three, three fifty two on base better, four forty one slug versus four fifty, seven ninety three OPS versus seven ninety seven for Mace. Essentially the same guy. So yeah, I don't want to see right I don't want to see any more text messages <laughs> about how overrated Lars Zubar what what's wrong, C D you, know, you think it's too early wait, to compare wait, is that what Carrie, you're saying? Carrie, <laughs> I got some more facts for you. Ready for this one? Oh, no. Ready for this one? Across their first three MLB seasons, Lars Newbar has has a 250 batting average compared to Barry Bonds' 258. <laughs> oh his, his, his on base is a 352 mm, compared to Barry Bonds' yeah. 343. His slug is 441 compared to Barry Bonds' 471. We, his OPS uh, plus is 120 compared to Barry Bonds' 123. I mean, either Willie Mays or Barry Bonds, I'll take it. Are we going to leave out that, that in Willie Mays' third year, he hit 345, had an OPS of 1.078, and was the MVP? We're wow. going to leave that. We're just going to skip that and play. We, we cherry pick our stats here. We cherry pick. Are we going to just uh, bypass Carrie, that? Carrie. We're not going to. And, and 41 home runs. As, we're, as you know, <laughs> I'm a big sample size kind of guy. <laughs> well, we're going year to year, right? We're going third year. Uh, three years. Yeah. Yeah. This is the third year for Lars. Is he MVP candidate? Well, not quite yet. Top but 25? He will be. He will be. Uh, but you know what? He's a much better guy. You think? Yeah, he's a sweetheart. <laughs> he smiles. Oh, man, oh, he cheers his teammates on. He does do that well. I, 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 I don't does. think. I don't think he's uh, Willie Willie Mays. Okay, well, I don't. I don't. I don't think. Uh, anyway, back to the daunting task of getting <laughs> starting pitching and, and a bullpen. Back to that thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, would you guys be comfortable if next year's eight man bullpen to start the season? came from a group of players that are already in the Cardinal organization? Or do you think that they need to go out and get a reliever somewhere, especially with the departure of Jordan Hicks? If it's not that daunting, why not? Right? (laughs) If it's not that daunting to go out and get some starting pitching, then you maybe should get some relievers as well. I think that maybe you've added some guys into your system, but as we know, the likelihood of all those prospects making it to the majors is pretty low across the board. But I don't think it hurts to get some more depth because you don't whatever you need to do to not be in this same situation, because it was the pitching staff as a whole this season that just greatly suffered. Who are we looking at in the so we talked a lot about the starting rotation and we'll see if they go out and add to that via free agency. Who are we looking at in the bullpen coming back for 2024? I just had that written down. Because I so, think that's I I think JoJo Romero has I think he's in. solidified his role. He has. Yeah. You probably yes. got Ryan Helsley as your closer once. I would think so. Yep. Giovanni Gallegos is yep. your is the third guy that is in there. Those yep. three. John King. Uh, John, John King. Probably. Matthew Lucas. John. Yeah. You mean John King? John King. John King. John King. Uh, Libertor. <laughs> if he's not in the Possibly. if he's not a starter. Yes. And then uh, one of the guys that the Cardinals really counted on this year, Wilking Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, they did count on him, right? Yep. They, they and were. The, he got hurt. That's okay. where the season went downhill. Zuniga? I thought it was the, I thought it was oh, the yes. World Baseball uh-huh. Classic. So, that was a big inning, all right? 
And then I wonder if Rom could be a reliever if he's not he a could. starter. Yeah, I think so. I could see so that. So the bullpen is going to look vastly different than what it looks like. I think like it will right be. I, I wish the Cardinals would go out and get a veteran stabilizing force. A guy like, and he doesn't have to be a closer, but Jason Isringhausen was a leader of a young yes. bullpen. Russ Springer was a leader of a young bullpen. I wish, and I don't know who you get, maybe Joe Kelly, bring him back home, mm-hmm. but bring a, a relief pitcher home that or here that has winning experience and knows how to prepare as a reliever and get people to slow their heartbeats down. Well, it, it makes a lot of sense, too, to your point, Randy, because what did we hear from Nolan Arenado this season about how young this team is, mm-hmm. where you need more of that veteran experience, and you're going to be losing Adam Wainwright, which I know that we've talked about his performance earlier. It hasn't been great this season, but his leadership in there. And then Jack Flaherty, wasn't he one of your most tenured guys also and he's gone so having a voice in there that kind of helps steady that bullpen amongst the pitching staff too just to have that I think would be a huge benefit also what about Tink Hintz I I know I just talked Mm -hmm. about veterans and their importance but what do you think about Tink Hintz and seeing him possibly next season I think at some point you probably see him and I wonder how far Graceffo has been set back by the injuries and whether or not McGreevy we haven't even brought up McGreevy as a possible fifth starter but I wonder if Hence winds up being a part of that Memphis rotation next year. You know what? What's going to be important for us to get our research in is going down to spring training and spending spending a few days mm-hmm. uh, seeing seeing these guys in person so that we can really get a good <laughs> eye on them and have a have a better understanding. Talking about us personally going down yes, there yes. and seeing them in person so that we can we can really give you the intricate details of how well they're performing and and how they'll look for this 2024 season. I think I, that's great. I think that's I think that's, a, I think that's really important. important for us to uh, to make that happen. Yes, I I agree, Carrie. I mean, it, especially <laughs> in the warm weather, just enjoying that. I mean, you know, taking the, the, it in, being there in spring training is is just a different vibe and feel with the team. Yeah, you know, you get to notice some things that you may not notice in the in the you know the 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 rigor of a regular season. It's just, yes. just a little different time for the players, and, and I think we'll learn a lot about this team if we are able to. And then we can give you all great insight into what we learned. You know what? is interesting about Tink Hence this year is that in 16 starts, 16 games, 16 starts, I don't know if this is him or them, they've never allowed him to go more than five innings in a game. Hmm. He has gone five innings in a game three, four, five, six, seven times in 16 starts, but never more than five. I wonder what his expectation is as he traverses the system. I wonder if he ever expects to go more than five innings. That's an interesting, interesting thing. I would Another hope thing so. we could ask yeah. him during spring training too. We, we can you know. we can take a deeper dive into yeah, that in I Jupiter. Agree. But it, I don't know. Is that just more of like a Cardinals pitching philosophy thing or well, the philosophy is gonna change, I think. Is it? If you have more swing and miss stuff, you're gonna mm-hmm be pitching more pitches uh, because strikeouts cost, I mean, it's going to cause you to throw at least three pitches an inning. So you're going to throw more pitches. um, And I think guys are going to have to go deeper in, in games. I think the philosophy that they have tried or have had over the, I guess, past decade or so is, is coming to an end. And so getting guys that can strike people out, keep runners off of base. And I think that's more of what they're going to be looking for or what they need going forward. And I think, if they do that, guys are going to have to have more opportunities to pitch their way out of situations. Hopefully. I, I would think so. But hopefully you can 
have some efficiency. There was a guy that pitched over the weekend, uh, went six innings. He struck out six. He walked one and threw only 80 pitches and got a win. Remember, uh, didn't Valdez just throw a no-hitter throwing like 80-some yeah, pitches? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a guy named Jordan Montgomery ever for the Where Rangers. Where is he from? Oh, I've heard of him familiar. before. Yeah, he, he uh, was. Yeah, six innings, six hits. He was, he was, an, he was a Yankee. He was a Yankee. Yankee. He was a Yankee. That's right. Yeah, okay. drafted yeah. by the Yankees. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, struck out six, walked one, and threw eighty pitches. Wow. Fifty-six wow. for strikes. Wow, he's six pitching. innings. He's Dylan, huh? Yeah. You think he? You think he? he only eighty pitches. Do you think he wanted to stay in? Maybe. I'm guessing that he probably, probably. did, but they, they probably you know, first time starting there. Yeah, you know, they, let probably him relax t- they probably talked to him and let him know that we're gonna. We're gonna pull you here yeah. because I think this would be the best. Just kind of ease you into our system. Yeah, so you know what's and the going team on. Won the game six to two. What? Yep. He's he's pretty good, huh? He's a lefty, right? Big Le- guy. Yeah, big left-hander. Six, six, yeah, he's six, a horse, five, man. Six, six, yeah, six six uh, yeah. two thirty. Yeah. Big fella. You let guys like that throw. Oh yeah, hundred, hundred five, hundred ten. If they how need cool to. would it be if the Cardinals could get a guy? If like we that? had a guy like that, Randy, I think I don't think we would be in the position that we're in. Right no, now. you're right. Uh, if we had you're that right. guy, let that guy pitch. specifically, and you let him pitch, let him eat. Yep, sure thing. <laughs> we're terrible. <laughs> Coming up, rock and roll on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. All right, Matthew, what do you got for us? Well, first of all, I want to give everyone the results of our YouTube poll. And if you ever want to get involved, we throw up the polls from time to time. You just want to watch on the YouTube uh, at 101 STL on YouTube. And the question was, if it meant a no-doubter number one starting pitcher, would you consider trading Jordan Walker? The no's came in at 57%. The out, are you out of your minds at 16%? And the yeses at 26%. So it didn't really change from earlier in the show. We had about three-fourths of the people saying pretty much absolutely not on that one. And then you heard John Mosea, like It's going to be easier to you know sign somebody on the free agent market. So why are you even worrying about trading Jordan Walker, right? Don't yeah. need to worry about it. Don't worry about it. We all learned that Norman Gorman has 67 RBI. I don't know if I want to trade that RBI. Yes. I know that there's RBI. in the analytics industry they they don't like to <laughs> assign numbers to pitchers. And I, I think this is probably the old uh, you know the argument about everybody getting a participation trophy, right? It, some people don't want to have like some people be better than others. Yeah, that's not how life works, though. <laughs> no. And so, yeah. So, uh, texture, and we always appreciate the textures that text in to 314-399-9646, Yo, ho! Thank you very much for the text. But he said, your ace pitcher is the guy pitching on that particular day. Assigning numbers is ridiculous. Well, here's my thing. And I just texted back to him with all due respect. <laughs> and I, I said that I asked him who he would rather have starting for him between Aaron Nola or Johan Oviedo. I think I, if I were going to have those two pitchers, I would certainly have Aaron Nola slotted higher than Johan Oviedo. Which means he would get paid more? Yeah, and he would be, hmm. for example, if, the, if those two were the only two on a staff, he would be one and Oviedo would be two. That's all I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Which would make him the ace? Mm-hmm, yeah. But that doesn't matter, no, CD. No. Just no. wonder. I, I don't know. So, you know. anyway, but I think we those do, contracts are definitely different. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> we we do appreciate you uh, participating in the show. And it, the great thing about sports is that we can all have differing opinions, and then we can walk away smiling, and nobody gets killed. Exactly. <laughs> the text we line is 
Well, uh, well, we're not. Somebody dying. might get punched punch in the face. We're not Giants. We're not Giants or Dodgers fans. So, come on, man. I'm sorry. Do brawls not routinely break out in the parking lots of those games? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? It happens all the time. It's a problem in baseball. It's been happening for 15 years or 40 years. That's why you have a classy rivalry like the Chicago Cubs and St. Louis Cardinals. Right? Yeah. Nobody ever gets hurt in that one. No. I mean, you get a little beer poured on you sometimes. It happens. Heckled a little bit. Uh, speaking of getting heckled a little bit, we talked earlier about Eli Drinkwitz. We all agreed some pretty gr- good comments about the issue. He here was with profound. The don't profound. sugarcoat profound. this. There it he is. was profound. He did a good job. I don't want to be the one to say it because he it did a good job. doesn't mean I a lot like coming from me. Tip my cap to him. Um, well, Jimbo Fisher went a, a slightly uh, similar way that Drinkwitz did, but, you know, the context around it's a little bit different. Yesterday, Jimbo Fisher on conference realignment, unfortunately, we're in a time now that everybody is fighting over the dollar. Now, the context is that Jimbo Fisher has a $95 million contract to coach college football, and last year in 2022, by far and away, the team with the most NIL payments in college football, Texas A&M. Hmm. Little, little hypocritical from Jimbo Fisher. Not shocking that he's being a hypocrite, but nonetheless, the, the fact that he just comes out and puts it on front street every time is a little shocking to me. I think he liked it when he was the only one yeah. paying a lot of yeah. money, and the money, yeah. they didn't have to talk about it. It was just a, kind of a thing. But now that everybody's talking about money, well, I hate that everybody's talking about money. <laughs> this, what are we doing here? Why, why is everybody yeah. on the same playing field? He has yeah. the most well-played team. And he is the most well-paid coach. Yeah. And he's and, like, and this is just all about money now. <laughs> and it didn't give them a championship. So what does that tell you? It doesn't Jimbo matter. Jimbo not a good coach. Yeah. Uh, it didn't even give him a 500 record. Jimbo Fisher. Uh, he's a better he coach when he has a championship. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He's right. better when he has Jameis Winston. Yeah, yeah. he does. Finger licking Jameis Winston. That guy. <laughs> and what a, oh, and, hey, brother. Uh, well, hold on here. Eat a W. <laughs> Don't denigrate my guy. <laughs> Because I, I love crab legs, too. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I like them better when they're free. Oh, oh so no. He, we he, can't do that, guys. You're not walking into a store and just grabbing them, are you? Just walk out. Yeah. No. They told no. me you have them, Randy. You guys missed that part. He oh, told yeah. them, just come get them and leave. And so he's... Oh, yeah. That good. always happens in yeah. stores. See, the yeah. thing is, he went in there with street clothes. He should have gone there with his jersey. No, then yeah, they would have no, known who he yeah. was. No, speaking, have done that. By the way, yeah. speaking of street clothes, Anthony Davis got a oh, big extension nice over the weekend. Three years, $186 million tacked onto his contract. That's $62 million AAV. So that's about a million. That's about like $2 million per game he's going to play. God well, bless. So 150 oh. games, right? Three years? He's going to miss. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. About 30, 30 games a year. 30, yeah. 31 games a year. Yeah. It would be it would be a million. It pretty much would be um, like like 750,000 per game if he played, if he every, played game. every game. So I'm saying yeah. about a million and a half per game. Yeah. So Street Clothes yeah. gets a big extension. Good for him, man. <laughs> Guys get their money. I'm I'm all for it. NBA contracts are just, I will never get over how insane they are. Jalen Brown? Yes. 300 million? I wish I was a little bit Holy cow. I wish I was how did this happen? Yeah. Shoot the three, kids. Shoot the three. If you can. Shoot them if you got them. Yep. And if you're 6'10". You're just kind of like lightly block shots here and there. Don't want to. Don't don't get yourself don't hurt too bad. Don't, don't exert yourself too much. Yeah. Don't exert yourself. No, no, no. Don't go too hard now. Yeah. Just, you know, just coast. Well, and here's a here's the thing, and I think I think the league is still this way. I think especially for an American, seven foot white American, just be able to walk and chew gum. That helps. Yeah. yeah. If you can do that, you're making like seven million a year on the end Easy. of a bench waving there a towel. Easy. Yep. It's good. 
But you got to get to the seven feet. <laughs> that's, that's the hard there's part. There's a stat. I think like eight, <laughs> that's, that's hard. 18% of everybody in the world that's seven foot plays in the NBA. Really? Per, really? One, out of, one out of five seven footers. Where, what well, else are they doing? You think? A, Playing uh, volleyball? Yeah, volleyball. Yeah. Randy, here's why it's a bad contract, though, because, again, you just said it. You're going to pay $62 million for Anthony Davis. I'm going to pay $6 million, And when my guy hacks Anthony Davis twice, he's gonna Anthony break. Davis is going to be out of the yeah, game. he's going to be out of the game. <laughs> he's going to yeah. break. That's a shame. It's unfortunate. Feels bad. Sorry, yeah. AD. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Wish you well, though. Yep. Hey, if uh, if you haven't gotten tickets yet, tomorrow Isaac Bruce and Tori Holt are going to be at the Ascension Charity Classic Breakfast over at Norwood, and you can still get tickets. Just go to to the Ascension Charity Classic website, ascensioncharityclassic.com. And we got great stories out of Isaac and Tori in, what, 15, 20 minutes last week, and yeah. they're going to be there for an hour or so tomorrow, more than an hour. So if you want to relive some of the greatest show on turf stuff and hear those guys who have a well-deserved ego about their pairing, yes. it's really Really cool. Do not tell them they're number nine. No, that's my, uh, if you no. buy the ticket and see them, do not say they're number or, nine. Or do it, do so at your own peril. That's there cool. you go. Yeah. It, I mean, it was great stories that came out of it. Yeah, it was fantastic. They don't so, need to be humble. Yeah, and uh, it'll be fun tomorrow over at Norwood. And then there's going, going to be a pro am. I think the pro am might be full, but I'm not sure. But you can check that out at and that's at Glen Echo. But you can check that out at Ascension Charity Classic as well. Great job today by our producer and audio engineer Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Is by the way, is uh, McKernan here today? Yes, he will be out on Thursday and Friday. Dan McLaughlin will be filling in oh, for him good. on Thursday and Friday nice. from 10 to 11. Good. Good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Brooke, happy Monday. Yes. Happy Monday, everybody. Yeah. And you uh, say thumbs up, go see Barbie. Go see Barbie. Yeah. Uh, Do I it. will. I will go see Barbie. CD? You got, it's raining. You, do you coach kids in the rain? Do you make them? Or do you? I, okay. Yeah, if it's not lightning, it's, yeah, you know, okay. if it's pouring down, it depends on. What we got going on. Do kids these stayed. days like to practice in the mud? Yeah, they don't mind. Okay, good. Yeah, they still kids. They they ch- children. Good, like I to like slide it. and play in the mud. <laughs> I love it. Don't get in my car. Take, yeah. Get get on the bus or you had your parents come pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at seven. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.